Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Following the biggest off-season of moves and acquisitions by general manager Howie Roseman, the expectations of this city have never been higher. Welcome to the 2022 Panla Hockey Postgame Show on 6abc.com and across the Jacob Sports YouTube channel, exclusively presented by Panla Hockey Giordano. Live from the Gallery Bar. Booking games inside Ocean Casino Resort. Let's get this post-game show underway. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Welcome afternoon, everybody. And this is the Palma Hockey Eagles post-game show. Uh, and let me get right to it. I'm Mike Vesnelli. We have a set joiner, Derek Gunn. Uh, this was not a team that was prepared to play today. This was uh, a quarterback who looked like he had no idea how to play today. This was an offensive coaching staff that looked like they had no game plan whatsoever, no idea what they were supposed to do against an inferior team like the New Orleans Saints. And, and so now what has to happen is Jalen Hurts has to play next week against the New York Giants for them to get that one win and get the number one seed. And all of a sudden a season – that looked like it was just an afterthought. They were going to get the number one seed and relax. Now it has to go down to the final game of the year, guys, in a pressure-filled situation to try to get a win to get that bye and the number one seed. Uh, I was flabbergasted at their effort today, and I know you guys were as well. Well, Seth, um, what did I tell you on the pregame show, you and Mark Farzetta? Do not underestimate this Saints defense, number one. And Marshawn Lattimore, Pro Bowl cornerback, one of the best corners in the game, who had not played since October 9th because of an abdomen injury. He makes a world of a difference on the back end of that defense in terms of how they scheme things up. And lo and behold, you know, all these people talking about how this should be an easy game. Well, the Saints have a lot to play for. As well, as bad as this season has been, they're not going to just come in here and roll over. But I am shocked at how this Saints team was able to hold the Eagles to 10 points. I am shocked at the Eagles' offensive game plan coming into this game. I am shocked that they only ran the ball two times the entire first half. Seth, what are they thinking? Who's calling the plays here? What in the world is going on with this team? This is the same situation that I've been talking about all season long. All you had to do was look statistically at who the Saints were 
from a defensive perspective to understand how it is your game plan should have been set up and how you could attack this defense, okay? The Saints are ranked number two in the NFL coming into this game defensively against the pass, okay? Without Marshawn Lattimore for the last two months, okay? You get Marshawn Lattimore back this week. The Saints are ranked 23rd against the rush in the National Football League. And we come out and we only run the ball. You're going to tell me two times for nine yards in the first half to Miles Sanders, a thousand yards rusher. Didn't we just have this damn conversation with Nick Sirianni like two, three weeks ago where they wouldn't run the ball and they came out and he said, yeah, I probably should have ran it more. Okay. All you got to do is look at the statistics to understand what you should have done. Listen, I don't even blame. I don't blame Gardner Minshew. I don't. I really don't. As bad as he played, I don't blame Gardner Minshew for what we just witnessed. You want to know who I blame? I blame Nick Sirianni, and I blame Shane Steichen for putting him in a position to fail. Now, why? Why would I say that? Okay? You know that he doesn't have the mobility to move around. That's the first thing. He can't make plays with his feet when things go to hell in a handbasket like Jalen Hurts. Okay? When they came out in the second half, they came out run, run, run. And when they won the pass, they went play action pass. And then Gardner was efficient. So why not continue to do that? Why was that not the game plan? Did you fall in love with the 355 yards that he amassed in a loss last year? I mean, again, I don't even blame Gardner Minshew. Yeah, he played like crap today. But I blame Nick Sirianni and I blame Shane Steichen for putting him in a position to cause what you just saw today. Because that's not who he is. That's not the type of quarterback that he is. Defensively, what the hell are we doing on defense? What in the world are we calling? You know that Andy Dalton wants to get the ball out of his hands quick. So whether you're a man or whether you're in zone, you can't play off the ball in third and short situations and think he's not going to take what's there. Now, the defensive line, again, played his behind off. The issue is on the back end, what kind of coverage are we going to play? When you play in zone and you got guys just dropping the landmarks and looking at the quarterback where you got people running behind them, I, listen, this is going to be one of those days, okay? I've been calm all damn year. Why? Because the Eagles have been winning all damn year, okay? Not today. Not today. I'm going in on every damn body today. Everybody. Yeah, all right. I don't know if you guys can hear me. Do you, can you guys hear me now? Yeah, I guess. Okay. Yeah. And uh, So I don't know if you heard what I said at the start. I've been having all kinds of microphone. Uh-oh. Okay? I'm going to sit there and blame him. He's a professional quarterback who was competent enough last week. And I know the game plan sucked today. He didn't, he didn't play like he knew at the position at all, like he knew what he was doing at all. And, and the New Orleans Saints even let him off the hook early in the first half when they made a stupid decision to kick a field goal, fourth and two. Uh, and then uh, a little later when, when they, they you know, Dalton got greedy and got intercepted, they, they gave them every opportunity to come back in this game. The quarterback couldn't make any plays, and their, and their offensive game plan was a disgrace. And those coaches have to take – uh, the, the 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 brunt of the criticism for that because they didn't orchestrate anything. This team was not prepared to play, which is beyond belief to me. When they need one win at home against the Saints, and again, I know 
every NFL team can beat you on any given side. I get it. The Saints should not have come in here and won that game. They presented no. nothing no. of action. Even in, in the second half, they were begging to be beaten. They kept giving the ball up, punting, right. giving it back to That's the right. Eagles, and they couldn't take advantage of it at all. And a lot of it was because the quarterback stunk today, Seth. So I'm not going to let him off the hook at all. And listen, I'm not going to go so far as to say I said he played horrible. I said he stunk, Mike. Okay, but listen, he stunk. The quarterback going to blame him. The, the quarterback can only be the quarterback can only execute to the level of what it, it's, it's like chess. Okay, I can have great pieces in front of me. I can have wooden pieces. I can have um, marble pieces. It don't make a damn difference, Mike, what those pieces are or what they're made of. If I, the chess player, d can't strategize properly, if I, if I can't put the players in a position as a head coach and an offensive coordinator to succeed, and you know who Gardner Minshew is. You had him on this team for the last two years. You know who and what he is. He is not a guy to stand back there and throw the ball 50 times a game. He is a run-first guy. You run the ball. You're, you're one of the best running offenses in the NFL. You run the ball and you go play action pass again. I get that. I get all that. He was an incompetent player today. He played like he'd never played the position before. He yeah, was scared that way because they put him in a position to do something. They ask him to do something that he's not able to do. You can't stand back there and throw supposedly the ball every he's down. So everybody says he's he's a starting quarterback in this league. No, he's, he's one not. of the top thirty-two quarterbacks in this league. That's if what he was, say. he'd be on somebody's roster. Yeah. He'd be uh, on right. somebody else's Mike, roster and not, Mike, not the back. Mike, but everybody this, says this, he should be starting for some team with all the lousy quarterbacks in this who? league. He was terrible today. Who might this who this is that? a Saint this was a Saints defense <laughs> that was giving up 132 yards a game on the ground. What do you do? The lounge chair quarterback knows you come out and smash them in the mouth between the tackles. Your 1,000-yard running back had two carries the entire first half. The first two plays, they come out passing. Oh, by the way, did the Eagles forget that this Saints defense has 40 quarterback sacks coming in in this game? First two plays, your quarterback gets sacked. Eric, I get it. It was an they put him in an uncomfortable position. The coaches really have to be blamed for this. But yes. I'm not going to take the quarterback off the hook. Now, he played like he shouldn't even be in the league today, exactly how he played. That's, he why, I hit said, I wanted, that's why I said, D-Gun, I wanted to know, who is it that said that he's a top 32 quarterback? Based on you never heard me say that. Based upon the, the 350 yards that he got against the Cowboys Many last week? Many people were saying that there aren't 32 quarterbacks better than Minshew in this league. And, and last week, that was obviously embellished. Who? Today, he didn't look like he knew how to play at all. I yeah. get that, Mike. And listen, I, I I agree with you wholeheartedly. This is the problem with you know these supposed football gurus, you know, who make these assertions. You know, oh, he's a top thirty-two, BS. Okay, because if he was a top thirty-two quarterback, he wouldn't be languishing behind you know Jalen Hurts on the bench somewhere. He wouldn't have came here, you know, with, with uh, under the auspices of a potentially, you know competing for a starting job and wound up where he was. He's not that good. If he was that damn good, he'd be starting on somebody's team. Now, let, let's let's deal with the reality of this, okay? A guy like him and Andy Dalton are probably on the same level. Andy Dalton, to D-Gun's point, you know, hey, listen, the dude can have one of those days at any time. 
He had one of those days today. But I seen Andy Dalton play the way the Gardner Minshew played today before. What okay. day did he have today? What did he do that was so special? He did well, enough to help them win. He did enough in the first half. His only incompletion the entire first half he was a pick. 16. He scored 13 points. Okay, he scored 13. No, no, he what scored I'm saying is. Points. I mean, he didn't do anything that was that special. If you yeah. score 20 points, you win this game. It was the Eagles' offense. It wasn't what, what Andy Dalton did to him. Their defense in the second half completely bottled him up, and they needed a pick Mike, six listen. to get out yeah. of there. Do not if, allow this defense if, off the hook in that first Gardner half. Minshew, if Gardner Minshew had played the way that Andy Dalton played today, Okay, and the Eagles ran the ball with any kind of consistency, the Eagles would have won this game. So yes. it's not so much what Andy Dalton did, it's what he didn't do. It's, it's the mistakes that he didn't make. He you threw know, Andy, a bad Andy, interception. Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton didn't go three and out the first four possessions. Andy Dalton didn't go three and out the first four possessions of the game. You know what Andy Dalton did? Okay, they went 15 plays, yes. okay, with a Taysom Hill touchdown. They punted the next series, okay? Then they came back, and they had two field goals by Lutz on seven and five play drives. So what did Gardner Minshew do? Gardner Minshew went punt, 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 punt. The, and, and that was the whole first half. Yeah, okay, they so went we four had, punts, five punts, we, and, it, and went to the half. We had stink and a little better than stink. He scored 13 points today. If you're telling me the Eagles could not outscore the Saints today? It wasn't what Andy Dalton did. He gave him an opportunity with that horrible interception. Which quarterback Every won? opportunity the Saints get, they they get, gave the ball back to the Eagles consistently in the Which second half. Quarterback they didn't won, score. Mike. So, Which so Mike, quarterback won the game? So, Mike, I can tell you this: the Eagles did not outscore the Saints today. I can tell you that. So, well, no, so where didn't. does the problem? Lie? So, where does the problem lie? This is an all encompassed, all encompassed screw up job by the Eagles. The defense was sleep the entire first half. The offense and the offensive play calling was atrocious the entire game. This Everybody takes the blame. And then the kid, uh, the punter, he shanked 126 yards at one point and I, gave him good field. Eric, I am not disagreeing with you. I, I am saying that this, this Eagle offensive coaching staff has to take a deep look at themselves for what they put out. They put yes. slop out there. It yes, looked like they, did. they didn't put any effort at it. It looked like, to me, they spent so much damn time trying to okey-doke New Orleans and they're thinking Hurts was going to play that they didn't formulate a game plan where Minshew could win the game. And, and it's disgraceful at this point because look where you are now. Now they've got to play Jalen Hurts, whether he's yes, ready or do. not, and they've got to play him against a team that is, that is fighting for a better seed uh, and, and I don't know what's going to happen in that game next week, but you put your team in a precarious position to have to win a game with a quarterback who might not be ready to play. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you for subtly agreeing with me, Mike. They put <laughs> Gardner Minshew in a position to fail is what they did. Mm -hmm. That is what they did today with the game plan that they implemented, plain and simple. Yeah, but, but it's a token. I'm not taking them off the hook like you are. Oh, I'm not, I'm not taking them off the hook. I'm putting the majority of the blame over on the coaching staff for putting him in that position. Okay, that's all I'm saying. We're I'm not on the saying same page. Hey, I'm, I'm not saying that he didn't play bad. Sirianni and Steichen came up with this. It's just disgraceful. That was a, 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 a. They didn't look like. Did they look like the best team in the NFC today? No. Uh, no, no, they they didn't, and now it's starting no. to worry me because now their turnover differential is now getting ahead of the game where, where right. they, they pasted everybody and they were ahead of them in turnover differential. Now they look like a little bit of an insecure team over that.
This is the third consecutive game. They do not win the turnover battle after they won the exactly. turnover battle every time this season. So they now have turned the ball over eight times in the last three games. Yes. Eight times in the last three games. They got lucky to get out of Chicago with that win. If Chicago had a little bit more firepower, a little, they would have lost that game in Chicago. They should have lost that game in Chicago. Okay. So you look at where this team is right now. First of all, every team, is going through the injuries right now. The Eagles were lucky to be unscathed for the most part up until about three games ago. Now it's finally catching up with them. Your Pro Bowl right tackle is gone. One of the best slot corners in the game is gone. Your franchise quarterback has missed the last two games. And, oh, by the way, what are they now? 0-2 in those two games. And I said before that Dallas game, it's imperative that they lock up this number one seed. I did not want to see it come down to Jalen Hurts having to play that Giants game because it's a division game. It's, it's a meaningful game. And as you know, Seth will tell you, when you play one of these division games, that's when things go really bad and somebody gets hurt because you're scrapping tooth and nail. And oh, by the way, the Giants still remember how the Eagles embarrassed them just a few weeks ago. So that's it's an even a terrible more dangerous situation. Thing yes, it's it is. A, it's the worst situation they could have put themselves in here. And this was the game where you really got to knock it down. You got to concentrate to win this game. And that means your whole coaching staff has, has to be dedicated and devoted to coming up with a foolproof game plan that beats a team that you're better than. <laughs> and they let this team come in there and do that. And the quarterback, I mean, listen. Okay, I get the game plan wasn't bad. You can't throw that pick six to Lattimore in that, no, in that position. No. You can't not convert that. the quarterback sneak when they've done it 26 times in a row yes. at midfield. Yes. I mean, these are fundamental errors that a professional quarterback should not make. Well, not only that, but I said on the pregame show, when I knew that uh, Jack Driscoll was playing, he is a much better run blocker than he is a pass blocker. And what do they do? They put Jordan Cameron on his side all day because Jordan Cameron, even though his sack totals don't show it, one of the best edge rushers still in the game today. And sure enough, Jack Driscoll got abused. Now, I expect to see much, much more changes on that line next week. You should, you might see Malata on the right side and Dillard on the left side. You hate to have that many people moving around and disrupt the continuity, but you cannot have Jack Driscoll. If you're going to play this kind of offensive scheme, you cannot have Jack Driscoll on that right side. He cannot pass block. He's not an efficient pass blocker. And it cost, that was another big problem they had today. You came out of the gate, played right into the Saints' hands when you knew that the guy on the right side was not a pass blocker. And, oh, that, I mean, how simple can it be? Sometimes you're so smart, you show how dumb you are, okay? You can outsmart yourself too many times. This team outsmarted itself today, basically. Uh, listen, Seth, I saw your tweets early, and you're absolutely right. The, 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 the defensive backs didn't challenge their wide receivers. So Dalton was throwing those little piddly short passes, and they, and they were converting third downs because they were all manageable third downs. They were third and three, third and four, whatever. The, the game plan was, we'll run the ball, we'll chop a little bit out, we'll get a third and three, we'll convert. That's what they did the whole game, and the Eagles' defense in the first half let them do that. But then in the second half, they adjusted. The Saints didn't look like a team that was going to threaten them offensively. No. And at that point, your offense, now with a half has, that you've digested and kind of just like thrown out the window, all of a sudden now you have the responsibility to figure out what the hell is going on. And they get the one touchdown to A.J. Brown, on which the, the cornerback made a bad play, and he turned it into a great play. I can't believe what I saw out there. Their offense was incompetent. 
they are. I mean, listen, they, they, this gives legitimacy, in my opinion, to the assertion that, um, you know, Chris Sims said that Jalen Hurts is a system quarterback. Um, I would push back and say vehemently that Jalen Hurts is the damn system. That's the first thing, okay? He is the system that makes this offense work, okay? And if there's any validity for the fact that Jalen Hurts was a legitimate MVP candidate before the injury, this is it. Because with Jalen Hurts as the quarterback for this team, this football team, the Eagles don't lose two games in a row like this. The Eagles don't lose to the Saints. The Eagles don't turn the ball over four times, you know, um, last week and then turn around and turn it over, throw, throw two more interceptions, you know, today. They don't do that. I'm sorry. They just don't. So, I mean, but 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 then again, you can't just – you can't set your offense up and run your offense the same way for Gardner Minshew as you would for Jalen Hurts, you know? Because Jalen Hurts is going to rescue you. Where Gardner Minshew, <clears throat> if the first read isn't there, the panic sets in. I felt last week, and I said it in my show, and I said it on Twitter, he looked skittish. He looked nervous in the pocket. The minute you take his first read away, he doesn't just go through his, his progression. Now he's starting to panic and trying to find his escape route. And for a guy that doesn't run, all of a sudden, you know, now that panic turns into, you know, he's frenetic in the pocket, and that's when bad things happen is when you kind of create that pressure on quarterbacks where you're speeding up their clock, and you're putting them in an element and you're putting them in an environment that makes them uncomfortable. Well, part of what made them what made him uncomfortable is the fact that they asked him to throw the ball as often as they asked him to throw the ball in the first half. Okay. You have to run the football with your backup quarterback. It's no different than having a young quarterback who doesn't understand is still trying to learn the offense. You run the football, first of all. And then you go play action pass off of it. And when you go play action pass off of it, now you're going to find that hole, that ball that Dallas got it caught, you know, that first pass in the second half. Now you're going to find that hole. You want to know why that hole was there? Because the Eagles established the run. Yeah, the and they did that. Were, and the, the linebackers were up in the line. Exactly. And so in, in, as they start the second half, they do establish the run. Yes. And, so, and I thought on the on that first drive, I, all right, it was a bad call. Gamewell had the touchdown. It was a bad hold. On Dickerson, bad call. But they, they they only get three out of that possession. And I'm thinking, what well, you know, okay, you've adjusted, you figured it out what's going on. You only get three out of that possession. You can't score a touchdown, and it's 13 to three. And th there was another play, and I forget where it was in the game. They had a third and four, and Mitchell throws a deep out. A, like you've got a tight end who is perfect for that kind of situation. They throw a deep out on that play. Now, where does that call come from? What were these guys doing today with the chart? I don't get it. I think the biggest the biggest deficiency for this Eagles team is, and Seth, you mentioned this on the pregame show, and I chuckled and said, "Don't don't don't expect this." On the pregame show, Mike Seth said he had hoped that Eagles secondary would come up and play more press coverage, and I said, "Don't count on this, Seth. I expect them to fully see five to seven yards off the ball. What do we see? Them five to seven yards off the ball. Yeah. What did the Eagles do? They allow the Saints to have wide open spaces all over the field." All over the field. You have yeah. Pro Bowl players across the board. 
and you, this is how you scheme. They this did that in the first half, D. That absolutely did that in the first half. In the second, it was a different story. And like I say, and I think you guys will agree, when your defense stops them, they didn't look like they were capable of scoring at all in the second half, the Saints. No. So that is where your offense really has to grind them apart because you're the better offense. And I don't care if Minshew is playing. you got two great wide receivers and a tight yeah. end that you should be able to utilize absolutely. in that situation. And I don't get what happened. I just don't get it. It was you know like what? they didn't believe they had any players out there to utilize. He made the, the Saints defense made Minshew hold the ball because they played press coverage most of the game. They basically said, we're not afraid of Minshew turning up the field and running the football. And so what did they do? They stacked the line of scrimmage just like Dallas did, just like Chicago did, and they went press coverage on the Eagles wide receivers. And that was a huge difference in the game because Minshew was hesitant in making decisions. Occasionally, he found Goddard here. He found he found A.J. Brown in the fluke deep ball for 78 yards in the touchdown. I was hoping they'd throw the ball deep a lot more. What the heck you got Quez Watkins out there in the field for? He's one of the fastest players in the league. You don't even take a shot to him deep. You went deep to A.J. Brown, which was a fluke. When a DB stumbled, he's wide open, catches a touchdown. But you got enough speed to take more shots down the field. You don't even take the shots down the field? Are you kidding me? Here was here was the telltale drive because the turning point really should have been when A.J. Brown makes that play. That should give you enough momentum. To say nothing of the fact that they stop New Orleans on the next drive when, when Brandon Graham gets the big sack. So, so now they get the ball, and they, they finally get the ball to the tight end. They get it to Goddard. And then in the flat, the Boston's got for 23 yards. So they're off to a great start in that right, drive, right? Right, right? And they don't get anything out of it. Third and long, they don't connect, and they have to punt the football. I, mean, I don't understand this. I, today, it's, I saw something that I haven't seen all year. They, when they were needed to dip in the well to, get, to give something to win a game, they didn't have the answer. I'm not used to seeing that because they've had the answer almost in every game this year. Yeah, you're used to seeing Jalen Hurts be able to do that. I get it. You're not you're, you're not used to seeing, you know, Gardner Minshew, the back of last being week. able to do that. He did it he, last he week. The, say it again? He did it last week. No, he didn't. They lost last week. Two weeks ago. No. Well, no, he played, <laughs> he played well last week is what I'm saying. He hey, played listen. well. Statistically, he played. He played. Statistically, he, like, he played, he he like played a well. Quarterback, at least Listen, in that game. Gardner Minshew, if if he's on the field, okay. Degun, to your point, people say that oh, all Seth wants to do is blitz. All Seth wants to do is blitz. No, no, no. no. Understand, as a quarterback, it's harder for you to throw the ball against man coverage and press coverage than it is when guys are off. And you can run these combination routes and you can hit holes in the zone. You want to know why? Because if everybody's jamming at the same time and if guys don't get to the number that they're supposed to get to, now the quarterback's rhythm is completely off. You know, the New Orleans Saints knew that Gardner Minshew was a rhythm guy. He wants to throw the ball on time. He's going to throw the ball on rhythm. That's what got his ass in trouble on the pick six. Okay. He made up his mind he was going to look left to the four-receiver side and come back and throw the slant, okay? He didn't pay attention to coverage. The coverage dictated that, you know what? If I got a, a double-high safety and that safety's sitting right there, then guess what? Marshawn Lattimore can play overly aggressive in this situation. So the one thing I can't do is I can't just throw this ball on a rhythm and timing type of deal. 
because he's going to jump it. Okay? Why did you tell me that a veteran in the NFL is unaware of that? That he was so that so unaware of that situation? No, don't put him in that situation, coaching staff. Don't put him in a situation where you know that everything that he does is timing because he wants to get the ball out of his hands because he's nervous as hell, okay? Put him in a situation, you know, where you can get your playmakers the ball and you don't have to worry about him making a mistake. But everybody knows, get up, jam the wide receivers, cause some kind of indecision on him, and he'll make mistakes. Well, guess what? Jalen Hurts ain't making them damn mistakes. That's why he's the starter, and that's why he's the most valuable player to this football team. I don't know what you think about everywhere else, but he's the most valuable player to this football team because this football team is not winning back to, losing back-to-back games under Jalen Hurts' watch. He ain't going to let it happen. Gardner Minshew you don't have that inside of him to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not disagreeing with you. He didn't look like an NFL quarterback today. That's all I'm saying. And you're right about their press coverage. So as a coaching staff, then it's your responsibility to scheme something else up that will make him look better than he's yes. looking. And they, they had all game to do that, and they didn't do it. You know what they had, all they had to do? Run the football. Yep. You didn't run the football. If you knew the first couple of series he wasn't – comfortable in whatever offensive design you had for this game today, you go to your bread and butter, run that football. Exactly what they did in the second half coming out of the gate. They ran the football. Why did you not do that? Try to establish the run in the first half. Why? It's it's malpractice. That's a huge. Exactly. It's malpractice by the coaching staff. You you want to know what it is? They did the same, the same crap against Chicago. You run the ball against Chicago. They didn't do it. Same thing against Dallas. You run the football. They didn't do it. Three games in a row, they didn't establish the run when they're one of the best running teams in the National Football League. You want to know you, why? You play right into the opposition's hand. Let me, let me tell you. Let me tell you why. Because this is this new mindset in the NFL. This new analytical mindset. Okay. Oh, you got to throw the ball in order to win in today's NFL. No, the hell you don't. No, you don't. No, the hell you don't. Because the team that normally wins in the NFL is the team that controls the line of scrimmage. Whether you're running the football or whether you dominate it through pass blocking, the team that dominates the line of scrimmage is the team that's going to win the game, okay? But this new mindset, this new thought that, oh, um, you know, you got to throw the ball to win. So you come out early and you throw the ball all over the map and you get a lead and then once you get a lead, you know, then you run the ball in four-minute offense and that's what balances your, your running pass, okay? Well, so tell me, what the hell happens? When you come out on a day like today and your quarterback ain't com- he's not completing the damn football, you can't make a first down. Do you guys realize that the Eagles went three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out, and then five plays for 40 yards in the half, the clock ran out. Yeah, first, okay. Your first first that, down was the pass minute, that Goddard Mike. with 18 yeah. seconds left. Wait yeah. a minute. That's exactly what they looked like in the first half, okay? So that theory, that theory proved itself wrong after the the second series. Stop throwing the damn football and run the damn football and give your quarterback a chance to be successful. Because not all games games are created the same. D-Gun, you want to know why they're doing it? Because that's the mindset of these new age coaches now is that we're going to throw the ball early and we're going to get a lead. And then once we got a lead, then we're going to run the ball late. But what happens when the passing game ain't working? 
Do you have the wherewithal to make a switch in your mentality right now and go to running the ball and stop? You got one of the best offensive lines in the league. Run the damn football. That'll give you the pass that you want. All right, we're going to take a break. There's so much to digest and dissect. Yeah, I need a break. I need to go fill my water bottle because I'm just getting started. <laughs> Nick Stiriani's got a lot of explaining to do. Hopefully, we, we'll have John McMullen a little later to explain what, what he how he explained this. And we're going to talk about some injuries because there was a terrible injury early in this game that may affect him. And now you got Lane Johnson out. Driscoll didn't play well today. So let's take a breath. This is the Pond La Hockey Eagles postgame show. I'm Mike Missinelli with Seth Joyner and Derek Gunn. Demi Caney not joining us today. She's covering the Mummers, which reminds me, Happy New Year to everybody. If there can be a Happy New Year's Day today after the Eagles lose 20 to 10 to the New Orleans Saints. Unbelievable. We're back after this. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Action News, we cherish every moment. And it's our profound responsibility to bring you closer to your world. Never miss a moment. Trust the people at Action News. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. 
Number one Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown Big Finish Sales Event. Welcome back to the Final Hockey Eagles postgame show as the Eagles lose today to the New Orleans Saints at home. Normally, this is a segment where we bring in Lane Johnson. Of course, Lane is hurt, and that's the topic that we're going to have to discuss a little later in the show. But uh, it's also this segment brought to us by our good friends at DryTech Waterproofing. It did rain a hell of a lot over the last couple of days. If it rained and your basement needs waterproofing, you call the great people at DryTech Waterproofing. Make 2023 the year you get rid of of that dampness in your basement with dry tack waterproofing uh, proud partners of the post game show and of the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, okay. So let's, uh, I want to go over some things in the first half here that plays right into your points at and Derek about how they started this game. So the, the New Orleans saints had a really uh, simple game plan, but uh, the Eagles, I think knew they had to run the football for them to be involved in the game. So first thing, the first play they run is a play, a play action uh, completion. So very interesting. They use play action. They get the completion. Uh, and then on that drive, they convert third and three, third and four, third and one. They get to the Eagles 19. That's where Sweat gets hurt. Yeah. Uh, and then all of a sudden, they, they stuff Taysom Hill on a third and three, and the Saints go for it, and he gets into the end zone 7 nothing. The yeah. Eagles' first drive, they run the same play action play, and, and, and he gets sacked. He gets sacked on a play action play. And then he gets chased out of the pocket on the second play. So the first two plays of the game are, are pass designs that don't work, forcing them into a thir- third and 17, and they go three and out, and that would be the pattern for the entire first half. Explain it. Well, it's very simple It's very simple in terms of the Eagles play soft coverage and allow them to catch all his underneath stuff, okay? The Saints played man-to-man, forcing – uh, men's shoe to pat the ball, which led to the sack and him rolling out of bounds and taking the loss as well. It's very simple. For the life of me, I just don't understand why Jonathan Gannon continues to play this soft coverage when you have pro bowlers on both corners. You have the luxury of having pro bowlers on both corners and you want to play them five and seven yards off the ball because you want to keep everything in front of you. Well, guess what happened? Because you kept everything in front of you, you allowed them to work their way down the field until they walked it in the end zone. It's embarrassing for a mediocre offense like the Saints to come out of the gate on the road 
in your backyard and put together a 15-play, 75-yard drive and chew up the first nine minutes, eight minutes and 58 seconds on the clock in your backyard, and you know what they're going to do. The Wildcat is an integral part of the offense. On that first drive, they ran the Wildcats six times. Six times. You know they're going to run it, and you still couldn't stop them. You still couldn't stop them. Taysom Hill, by the way. Um, uh, all right, so now we, we, we go into, into the second half, uh, and, and the Eagles finally get the Saints to punt. <laughs> they get a third and six, and they got Brandon Graham, who played well today, uh, gets another sack. Uh, and uh, they're at their own 10, but it's another three and out, which gives New Orleans really good field position to go up 10 nothing on the long field goal by Will Lutz. But but to me, the, the next time, I thought that the Saints really played into the Eagles' hands when they were afraid to try to punch it in again a little later in that quarter and on a fourth and two, and they settled for the field goal. I think, okay, this is a team that is unsure of itself, very insecure team. They're, they're now playing not to, to, to lose instead of to win the game. Exactly. And I thought the whole complexion of the game was going to change off of that, and it didn't. To be honest, no, I, listen, I, I actually agreed. I agree with the, you. Take the points. Yeah, I mean, I when, you're, when, when, when you're the Saints, come on, man. When you're the Saints and you're playing at the level that you've been playing, you take the points. Okay. You what take the points. A 13 nothing lead against an You offense. take the points. You want to know why? Because the Eagles' offense hadn't proven one iota that they could do anything. So why would you leave points off the board? You, did you they, actually think you were going to keep the Eagles off the board the whole game? No, I didn't. I didn't, they did. I didn't either. They did. Well, they scored I thought they points. played scared in that situation. No, no. Listen, <laughs> if your defense is playing at the level that they're playing at, okay, everybody wants to talk about complimenting football and how you help, you know, each other out offensively, defensively, and special teams wide, okay? Mm-hmm. If you got the Philadelphia Eagles offense mm-hmm. under wraps, and you have an opportunity to go up 13 rather than 10, how deflating would it have been for your football team to now turn around and come out after halftime and only be up by three points, you know, instead of still by six, because you made the dumb decision to go for, you know, seven instead of the obvious three that's right there. And your opponent's offense hasn't even done anything. Your opponent's offense only had one first down in this. Why would you do that? If I'm the Saints and I'm playing the Philadelphia Eagles and I know the Eagles are, are a team that's just ready to bust out, I'm not taking three there. 17 nothing is a hell of a lot better than 13 nothing. But it but it worked for them. They wound up not scoring another point until that pick six. They drug along this team with 13 points against the Eagles. That held up. Now, yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. I know Mitch is the quarterback. I know the game plan. By accident, the Eagles should score in the 20s against that team. But the, you know, listen, it didn't happen. So what do you want? Well, what do you want from me? You know, you, you say what you want to say about the Saints, but as I and as I told you know Seth and, and uh, Mark Farzetta in the pregame show, the Saints have been one of the most inconsistent teams in the NFL this year, one of the biggest shockers for a negative reason. But their defense has kept them in just about every game. There's a reason why that Saints defense is only giving up like 21 points a game. They play their hearts out. Okay, their their whole heartbeat is based on that defense. 
the offense has been a major problem for the Saints all year. They can't settle on a quarterback. Most of their weapons have been out. Michael Thomas has been out. Jarvis Landry has been out. They have been one-dimensional all year. Taysom Hill, Chris Olave, who, by the way, was coming off a major hamstring injury, he torched them in the first half, okay? So you, you, you have to play to your strength. Get what you can against a formidable Eagles defense in their backyard, hostile environment, and let our defense try to help us out as much as we can. That's exactly what happened for the Saints team. They had to rely on their defense. Their defense is the strength of that team. And on top of that, as we said a moment ago, you can tell us the game unfolded. They were not worried about Gardner Minshew and the RPOs trying to take off and run. They focused on everything else, matching up against the Eagles wide receivers and doing enough to clog up the middle of the defense so Miles Sanders couldn't kill them, and it worked for them like a charm today. Uh, okay. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, 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 the Saints in this game, I thought, were begging to be beaten. I and I just pointed out they, they took the field goal. Okay, you, you don't agree with that. They got the points on the board set. That, that's fine and dandy. And Dalton gets greedy, and he throws that pick a little later. They gave them every opportunity to take control of this game, and the Eagles could not take control of the game. And, and that's the point I can't get past because I thought this team, you know, we, we have followed this team all year, and, and we had a certain reliability with them that they're, they're not going to, you know, like fall like this to this kind of a team. They, they had assumed this kind of an identity that we didn't think that could happen. So now that this has happened, what does this mean coming down the stretch? Are they now feeling a little bit insecure about themselves? Because they they had a swagger early about how good they were. Where's the swagger now? Well, the swagger, the, swag, the difference in the swagger is basically what you see in the guy who's standing behind center, okay? When you got a guy like Jalen Hurts, who believes that, you know, I can either, you know, will my team to win by what I do or I can get it to my playmakers and they can help us win. One way or the other, we're going to get it done, okay? You saw in the, in, the, in the Colts game, the offense tried everything that it could try. And in the fourth quarter, Jalen Hurst basically said, hey, you know, everything that the coaches tried didn't work. Time for me to just take it over and go win the game. It's exactly what he went and did. Okay, come on, man. You know, at the end of the day, Gardner Minshew ain't that dude. You know, he's not that dude, man. And he's not a starting quarterback in the National Football League. I don't care what those gurus out there say or what they think. He doesn't have the moxie. He doesn't have the even keelness. He doesn't have the calmness to stand in the pocket under pressure. See, most people didn't pay attention to it last week, you know, but most of his passes, he was backing up while he was throwing them because he's right. afraid to step right. in. One of the reasons why he sells so many balls is because he doesn't step into his throws. He just lets them go. You understand what I'm saying? So you ask what's the difference. Yeah, the team should be shaking a little bit after losing two in a row. But I think when number one steps in at quarterback next week, okay, and I guarantee you, you know, they kept showing Jalen throughout the entire game. And I understand. I get it. I'm all for protecting the long-term viability of your potentially of your, of your franchise quarterback, okay? But I would have played Jalen this week, mm. Mm. gotten the win, and then rested him next week in the first round. I would have done it that way. I would have <laughs> done it that way. Just put Jalen, be smart about it, okay? Because listen, I don't know. I'm not a doctor, 
Okay, so I don't know how severe this injury actually was. Okay, but when you play a third of the third quarter in the entire fourth quarter, and the fourth quarter is the best quarter that you play, and you got the shoulder injury, okay, I'm trying to figure out how bad it was. So now you're being overly cautious. Now I see Jalen Hurts running around at practice, and he's throwing the ball around at practice, okay? If you're able to do that, why not play him? Get the win, and then and then and then you talk to him about being smart. Okay, got to protect the shoulder. Got to do the right things. Okay, throw it away. Take the sack. Don't take any big hits. Okay, you put those kind of seeds in his head. But listen, Gardner Minshew could not win this football game for this football team today. Not the way the game was called. Okay. And I know that people don't agree with my assertion about what they should have done with Jalen Hurts. But now, think about the pressure situation. Hold on to that thought. Hold on to that thought. That's going to be our diamond debate. And we're going to talk more about the the Hurts uh, situation. But let's let's look at the second half. And uh, what they got some momentum by kicking the field goal. Now, I would have liked to have seen a touchdown there. But at 13 to 3, what were you thinking? They they finally had committed to a little bit of the run. And at 13 to 3, did you not expect that the Eagles were then going to get the offense rolling and win this game going away? Absolutely. And I, I tweeted out when it, when it got to 13 to 10, I said, Eagles have them right where they want them because you could tell the Saints were playing not to win or not to lose, so to speak. Yes. I thought for I thought there was no no question beyond a shadow of a doubt the Eagles were going to get enough points to win this game because the Saints basically had settled on the defense winning this game for them and they continued to shoot themselves in the foot. Now that call on Landon Dickerson that 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 uh, penalty on him that was the most one of the most bogus holding penalties I've ever seen in my life. That was a touchdown for Gamewell. They took that away from him and then after that they kept pedaling backwards. They kept shooting themselves in the foot. Okay. It's quite obvious this offense is not anywhere near as fluid with Jalen back there compared to Gardner Minshew back there. But based on what we saw last week of of Gardner Minshew going out in Dallas, putting up 355 yards, I thought the offense would look similar to that, especially in a passing game. It looked nowhere close to that. So was it the execution? Was it the play calling? Or was it the scheme of the Saints? that just totally discombobulated the entire Eagles offense. See, D-Gun, I'll say this, okay? You can dispute when when Jalen's in the game. Like, you know, a couple of games back, he ran the ball 17 times, okay? You can dispute the play calling because when you run RPO and read option, the quarterback is making the decision whether to give the ball or whether to keep it based upon what he's reading. There's no ambiguity here whatsoever with Gardner Minshew and what you saw today. This is solely on Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen's shoulders because this is the game that they call. There was no read option there for Gardner Minshew to make an alternative decision, you know, on a play. It's all play call, you know. So the difference with with Jalen is, you know, there's that level and there's that gray area of ambiguity when it comes to Jalen with the ball in his hand because every single play he can either hand it off to Miles, he can throw it, or he can keep it and take off and run himself. Right. Okay. When you have 
Gardner Minshew in the game, everything that you call has to be, you know, precise and it has to be called with a purpose and it has to be offensively coordinated in order for Gardner to be to, to, to be successful because there's no decision making there for him other than the fact that when he goes through his read, that's it in a, in, in, a, in a nutshell. So, so Mike, this is why I'm saying I put the majority of this onus, as bad as Gardner played, I put the majority of this onus right. squarely on Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen for how they call this football game and their mm-hmm. inability to adjust after the second series. Yeah, I'm, and, I, and, I don't and, disagree with you. I, I'm and, flabbergasted. Uh, and Mike, uh, Mike, by the way, you're, you're right. When they got to 13 to 10, yes. that, that's even, you know, that's even more where you're thinking, okay, the, the gate's going to, it's going to bust now, and, and it just did not happen. And, and Mike, I want to go back to to the topic you brought up a moment ago. Uh, Seth brought up a moment ago about should Jalen Hurts have played or not in this game? Because this was a debate across the region all week long. Should he? Should he have not played? If he was healthy enough to play, I truly believe they would have played him today. So I go back to what I said prior to that Dallas game. I began to wonder just how serious this injury is, okay? Because your coaching staff kept telling you, oh, he's making progress. And then all of a sudden people got jacked up when they saw him out on the practice field Thursday. But what we saw in a very minute form was him throwing soft, short passes. We didn't see him loaded up and throw deep balls, okay? And the media is out of there by that time. So they don't get to see a whole lot of that. So you have a medical staff, you have a trainer staff who has worked with him all week trying to get this thing right. The fact that he didn't step on the field today tells me that eh, we think he needs just a little bit more time before we let him turn him loose again. We've got to roll the dice and hopefully against two opponents, they should have done Dallas and the Saints. We believe with what we have on both sides of the football that we can get this thing done and it's backfired on them. I don't fault them for not playing Jalen today because for all the people who are out there screaming, you should have played. Now, and I'm not saying you, Seth, because I've been going back and forth with this. But the people out there, the fan, you should play him. Well, what happens if he takes another direct hit on that shoulder and he gets drilled into the ground on his shoulder? All of a sudden, he set back three additional weeks. You don't have him for the first playoff game. Same people screaming, why did you put that man in harm's way? I, in this case, I can question a lot of things about their coaching staff and that organization. But they knew the magnitude of this game. They know they need this one more game just to wrap this thing up and then let your regular sit. The fact that you kept the man who, the engine who makes that offense go out of this game tells me that he was not 100% ready to go and they did not want to put him in harm today. Now, unfortunately, you got to play him next week. You have to play him in that game next week now. All right, let's let's uh, let's take a break. We're going to come back and talk more about that with the diamond debate because uh, it is a major issue and we didn't think that we were going to have to talk about this issue, but this game is now put that into play like just in bold face. So uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, it's the upon the hockey Eagles post game show. The Eagles lose today. Yes. If you're just tuning in from your new Year's celebration, they, they lost at home in mild temperatures to the new Orleans saints, uh, a result that we didn't think was going to happen. Uh, so we'll continue to talk about that. We'll debate the Jalen Hurts situation with uh, Derek Gunn and Seth Joyner. I'm Mike Missinelli, the Eagles postgame show brought to us by Pond La Hockey. Uh, and we're on remote today, by the way. I'm not at Ocean Casino. We're doing the show remote. Uh, so the Happy New Year to everybody and hope everybody had a good New Year's Eve and uh, a peaceful New Year's Day. Back after this. 
Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. husband hadn't missed work in 15 years. His injury required months of rehabilitation, and unfortunately, the insurance company didn't see it that way. I was working two jobs, but it wasn't enough. One conversation with Pond Lee Hockey changed everything. We sat down, told him our story, and they guided us through the whole workers' compensation legal process. Pond Lee Hockey, tell us your story. Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Celebrating the life of your loved one is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givenish. When the matriarch of the Dalloway family died suddenly at 82 years old, Life Celebrations by Givenish stepped in. They will make this. The easiest thing that you, it's, it's, I know it's not easy, but it, they will make this as easy as possible. Life Celebrations by Givenish, customizing services as unique as the individual. I, I just know that my dad, who is in charge of everything, was, it, was not in charge of anything at that point when, when my mom passed. And uh, uh, again, just another shout out to this place for for making it easy turning tragedy into a celebration of life no matter how hard is what we do at life celebrations by givenish life celebrations by givenish customizing services as unique as the individual go for the beers go for the cheers go for the hit and the hits go for the scene go for the screens go for the gallery Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Continue your communication sciences and disorders education at South University within the Doctor of Audiology or Masters of Science in Speech-Language Pathology programs. With state-of-the-art labs, on-campus clinics, and extensive externship opportunities, students position themselves to be at the top of the job market. Stand out in the audiology and speech-language pathology profession by visiting salus.edu.
Yes, it is the Pineville Hockey Eagles postgame show. I am Mike Missanelli with Derek Gunn and Seth Joyner, and the Eagles lose it today, 20-10. to 10. That means they need a win next week, which uh, leads us into our Mark's Jewelers Diamond debate. And normally, Devin Caney is on the set showing us uh, something fancy, diamond-oriented, that the Mark's people sent to us. Well, they missed the delivery to my house this week, I think. <laughs> uh, this is a... I'm going to show you. This is the watch I did not get from Mark's Jewelers. This is a, I, I've been telling people it's gold, but it's brass <laughs> and it's got uh, you know mother of pearl. So this is the not the Mark's Jewelry watch. But if you missed the opportunity, I know a lot of people did miss the opportunity to purchase that engagement ring at Christmas. You know she's waiting for it and it, it come Valentine's Day. So start your Valentine's Day diamond shopping right now. Mark's Jewelers, an incredible, incredible place. The size of the store will blow you away. Seth, you loved it. Devin loves it. Uh, D Gun and I are the only people that really haven't gotten, uh, you know, uh, any kind of, uh, you know, blink aware <laughs> on the show. You sound so, like uh, you're a little. You sound like you're a little hurt, man. Well, of course I'm hurt. Well, we I'm going to hook you up next week. Okay. We'll be back down at Parks next week. Oh. I'm going to make sure that you get a watch. I'm going to make sure you me? get a watch or a dot. We we'll, be we'll be an ocean next what week. What about right? me? What, what oh, I, I got you, but you know he over there crying. I'm going to make sure he get like a tennis bracelet or something to wear and show next week. <laughs> tennis, that'd be nice. That's a nice oh, lock, a tennis bracelet. All right, let's, let's do our uh, uh, diamond debate here brought to us by Mars Jewelers. So we touched on a little bit in the last segment. Uh, and it's really interesting about whether he's hurt or not. So let's just say, and, and Derek, that I think your instincts are right. He's more hurt than they would let on. I think this was a ruse this week that he was going to play to just try to throw off New Orleans in their preparation. Uh, so uh, now it becomes a situation, Seth, where and I don't know you put the difference, uh, the difference between injury and, and, uh, and, and hurt. Uh, so let's just say that he is not 100%. You are now. You have now backed yourself into a corner where you you cannot afford to lose that game, and it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be against a team that wants to beat you. So, do you not have to say, "Hey, Jalen, you're not 100. I know we're putting you at risk. Probably, we need you to play." Do they have any choice but to have but to throw him back out there in that game? You got to play. I mean, you you can't. You think that Gardner Minshew is going to come out next week and give you a solid performance after just having his his confidence snatched from his soul today? No, he's, he's he got scared you to death if he has. Okay, to so he's got so he's got nothing left. The only alternative that you have is to get Jalen Hurts back on the field. You know, now listen, I I get it. We live in a different NFL than the one that I grew up and the one that I lived in. Okay, but at some point in time, you know. There's an old saying: anyone who's been through training camp, okay, they're hurting until the last game, whether that be the regular season, the playoffs, or the Super Bowl. Something on you is hurting all the time. That's just the nature of the game, okay. The question is: can you deal with the pain or the hurt enough um, that that allow that allows you to do the things that you normally do? That's what defines something hurting you. If you can still perform, you know, at 75, you know, to 80% of your production with your hurt, then it's just a hurt. Okay. If you well, here's can, where the debate comes in. 
And hold I'll go on. Back to Derek Gunn's point. Hold on. Let me finish. Okay, go ahead. If you can't, now that's an injury, okay? An injury is something that doesn't allow you to do the things that you're normally able to do, like running or jumping or catching a ball or being able to throw a ball, okay? My issue with this whole let's roll Jalen Hurts out there and show him going through some drills and, you know, doing some soft some soft tosses, why even do it? Why even put him in a situation where, you know, and, and maybe – are are you just like are are you like grandstanding? Yeah, you know, to get the Saints games. to a point. They were playing games with the Saints. Come on, man. I they mean, were listen, playing games with he, the Saints. If he, teams do that all the time, though. Yeah, they, they do. do. My point time. is, my point is, if he's that hurt, then he ain't got no damn business out there throwing the ball in the first place. Okay, just the fact that I see him throwing the ball, okay, tells me that he probably can play. Now he might not be able to throw it. 50, 60 yards like everybody, like like we're used to seeing him do, okay? You don't really need him to do that. Not against this team. But, but here's the thing. for him hey, to do Derek, to create, uh, create the illusion of him running with the football mm-hmm. to create opportunities for you offensively because you don't have that with Gardner Minshew. And that's Derek, exactly Derek, listen, why I said listen, he should have played. Now, what's the difference between this week and next week? Because I tell you, there's no way in hell that the Eagles are rolling into week 18 and rolling Gardner Minshew back out there. Jalen Hurts is playing next week. So mm-hmm. what the hell was the difference between playing him this week and playing him next week? I don't and know. And hold no. on. And D-Gun, D-Gun yeah. for you, okay? Yeah. If he goes out and somebody falls on that shoulder next week, what's the difference between somebody falling on that shoulder this week or next week? The difference between this week and next week, as I've seen time and time again, medical staff, if we give them seven additional days, that will heal this thing that much more. Now, again, I go back to a statement I said before we went to a commercial break. Everybody on the planet that follows this Eagles team understood the, uh, understood the magnitude and the significance of this game. You win this game, you clinch first place, and then you get to sit your regulars next week in a meaningless game against the Giants. The fact that Jalen Hurst was not out there today tells me they are not comfortable where he is right now. And, Seth, I've seen it too many times, time and time again over the last 10 years. We see video of a quarterback, hey, and it makes national news. So-and-so's out there practicing with taking first-team reps today. Game time comes around, so-and-so is inactive today. It happens all the time. It, it does happen. And so here to, to this point, I believe you're right, Derek. I think the Eagles thought they could get by this game and not play him at all until the first game of the playoffs to give him that kind of rehabilitation. So now the landscape has changed. I still don't believe he's ready to play 100%. And you're right about re-injuring. And if he gets re-injured on a run or whatever, and he gets the shoulder jarred, then they're screwed for the playoffs. So here's the balancing act. He ain't going to be ready to play. He's not going to be 100%, Mike, until He's going to be more 100% play the playoff game time. Yeah. Do you you play him in this must-win situation? I agree with you, Seth. I think you have have to to play him. You have to play him. But it's a precarious situation now. And and, and even if the the Giants are locked into the number six seed, no matter what. So I'm thinking right now they're going to pull their regulars. But here's the thing. Wink Martindale is going to have his boys play their scheme, which means they're going to be blitzing all over the field again. Okay? And so somewhere along the line, 
he could take that that, that unexpected shot. No, but you, listen, it, uh, let, let me tell you, let me tell you what they need to do, D Gun. Okay. Yeah. They need to line up in 12. Jack Stahl needs to line up right next to Jack Driscoll all game long and don't leave. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? And you're going to run four-man routes all day long, okay? You're going to go six-man six protection, right. seven if you have to with the bat. They're not going to do that, and, Seth. Huh? They're not going to do that. They you know they're not going to do Seth. You know this Eagles team is not going to do that. Their coaches, is I agree with you, but just like just like what you said on the pregame show, I'm hoping the Eagles DBs come up and play press coverage. What did I say? They're not going to do that, and they didn't do it. They let the Saints tight ends and receivers run wide open in the middle. Of the field. They're not going to do that. It's a it's it's basic football. You're right, Seth. They're not going to play that scheme. Here's what I think they should do. Put Mulata's butt on the right side and bring that first-round pick you've been sitting on the bench forever to the left side. Now, two-fifths of your starting offensive line now is basically – you're basically messing with two-fifths of your starting offensive line. But you got a $50 million left tackle that should be able to move over to the right side, and you have a high-profile first-round pick who hasn't played much of this season who should be able to plop his butt on the left side because mentally he can't play the right side. What does the coaching staff tell us? Oh, Dillard's more comfortable on the left side. Every other offensive lineman except Jason Kelsey is an interchangeable part. You can move and, and, and Lane Johnson. You can move them anywhere else, but Dillard can only play the left side. Well, you know what? After what I saw from Jack Driscoll last week and today, Malata, get your behind over here. Dillard, get your feelings in check. Get off the bench. You're playing the left side today. Play this. Hey, listen, man. I'm telling you right now, that is too much. That's too much to upset, in my opinion. Just put the tight end over there. Just put him over there. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Seth, even, that's, listen, they're not going to do it. He, he, he's saying they're not going to do go, it the Seth way. And he's right. They're not going to do it the Seth way. So even if, I, even I do, I do go, believe gonna, there's going to be a change. And, and, and Dillard's going to be in the lineup somewhere. Instead of, hey, listen, man. The fact that he hasn't been in the lineup except for a right guard, you know, when Sayamala got hurt, tells speaks volumes, okay? They can't even get anybody to give him a cheesesteak, a Philly pretzel, and some tasty cakes for him, okay? If he could play some way, somehow, they'd find a way to get him on the field. You know, even if you want to go your big package and bring in an extra back, an extra lineman to, you know, for for a, um, you know, for a, you know, for, for, for big packages, you know, who are you going to bring in? When Lane is healthy, they bring in Jack Driscoll. They don't bring in Andre Dillett. Those kinds of things speaks volumes to me, man. They just do. Yeah, but they, they've done it before. They put Dillard in that situation. Mm -hmm. We asked it last week, John McMullen, who's coming up in the next segment, and John McMullen thought that, that they would play Driscoll. Well, they did, and, and he didn't pass the test. So now you might have to alter that plan. So, Derek, back on your point, the Giants are locked into the sixth seed. Right. And they are going to play some of their backups, and they don't need the game. No. Does that influence the Eagles on playing Minshew another week? No, no. You want you don't want to take that risk, especially against that. Okay. What what did this what did the Saints do? They made they 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 abuse Eagles offensive line. I mean, they abuse that right side. Driscoll cannot handle Cameron Jordan. You know, we talk about the Eagles getting seven quarterback sacks. Today. Oh, by the way, the Saints had six. Okay. And what does Wink Martindale like to do with the Giants? He wants to blitz all day. 
and put pressure on Minshew, make him make a decision. You saw what happened with that pick six. He couldn't wait to get the ball out of his hand. He telegraphed that pass to A.J. Brown. Lattimore steps in front of him, walks to the house. Good night, game over. You've got to play your best of the best. Now, hopefully, with the Giants sitting out there regulars, you put Jalen in there, you run up a lead like you did the first time against the Giants and get him out of there to get him the necessary rest. But you cannot just let this, this kid sit for five weeks and get ready for a playoff game. He has to get some kind of game reps. Get him in there, do the damage you need to do, get him out of there before anything else happens. Because like I said before, you look at the fluke injury that a Josh Sweat had today, and, and luckily I just saw a little while ago, he was released from the hospital, so that's a good thing. Now, obviously, we don't know his status for the upcoming game when you have a neck injury like that, but by the same token, your franchise quarterback needs to get a few reps before he hits the ground running in the playoffs. And do you want to go in the playoffs as the number one seed or as the number five seed? Because if you go as the number five seed, guess what? You're heading down to Tampa Bay to play that dude named Brady, okay? Or do you want to sit at home and get an extra week to get a whole lot of people rest up? Lane Johnson, Avante Maddox, C.J. Garnick-Johnson, and, and, you know, and now Josh Sweat, I'd much rather have that extra week getting my guys ready. I'd rather have it too. That's why I would have played Jalen Hurst today. But he, why didn't he, Seth? It tells me something else is going I on. I just here. think I think that they're being overly cautious with him because they can, because they have the flexibility. I felt that way all along. I just, you know, D-Gun, I'm just a firm believer. I, I know what it feels like. Yeah. you know, to have injuries. I've had so shoulder surgery is right. one of my six surgeries that I've had. Right. Okay. So I get it. But what I'm saying is if that shoulder injury was as severe and as massive as they've tried to make it out to be, you know, then there's no way he even finishes that game. You understand what I'm saying? He doesn't finish that, that game, you know, where he gets hurt. He plays the whole third quarter and the third quarter was better than any other quarter that he played the entire game. So I, I've always felt like, hey, yeah, you know, he's going to wake up tomorrow. He's going to be really sore. He may be really sore, you know, for a while, okay? But I just don't feel like it's as serious as they made it out to be. And I think that they're being more – they're being overly precautious with Jalen Hurts. Because, listen, the offense – the running game is good enough that you don't need him to throw the ball 50 yards down the field. Wait, okay? what, what 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 running game? They don't run the ball. What running game? And when he's in there, when he's in there, the run game looks markedly different. You're right. But says, okay? what if he had, what if he had done worse damage by finishing that game in Chicago? Yeah, but you can't listen, it if 53 guys can step on the field every single Sunday with that what if mentality. I get when, it. When 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 you think and I've always said this, you know, the Eagles are a protectionary organization by the way that they practice and by the way that they talk about, you know, injuries. And I get it. They've been bitten by the injury bugs probably more than any other team in the NFL over the last five years. But you, you know what really happens, in my opinion, is, you know, I never walked out on the field with a thought that I might get hurt. You know, you just go and you play. Now, if you get hurt, you get hurt. That's a part of the game. That's how it works. But I think when the when the onus and the focus is on trying to stay healthy or getting hurt and it starts mm -hmm. at the top mm -hmm. and it filtrates itself all the way down to the 53rd guy on the roster, now you're creating this energy around the organization that attracts in, you know um, um, injury to you. 
Go out and play the game. If you go out and you play and you're playing 100 miles an hour, you're you're less likely to get hurt than when you're always trying to, uh, you know, put 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 them in bubble wrap and trying to protect them. The game ain't meant to be played that way. Well, if you're, gonna get, if you're supposed to get hurt, you're going to get hurt. That's just Seth, the way it is. I, I can't I can't get off of this. The fact that the, they they knew the magnitude of this game, and yet they kept him out of this game. They can't, I can't, I just can't let go of that because that doesn't make sense. You, you don't do that. You know, the bigger picture, you know what yeah, I'm saying? But, Derek, don't, you, don't you think they, they thought that Minshew could beat the saints and they yes. thought they were in a yep. safety zone. After what he I, did I last week, they, so they wanted it, yes. they wanted it both ways. Basically they wanted to protect Jalen and they thought they could win with, with Gardner Minshew and they found out differently. So so now that like you have to play him now, and it doesn't matter if he's hurt. You you've got to play him and and get this win. And if the Giants look like yeah. they're kind of just going through the motions, and maybe you can yeah. you have some leeway to get him out of there yeah. or whatever it is. But the, you know, the, I I didn't expect that they were going to be in this kind of a situation. I really I didn't, didn't either, and I don't I think either. they did either. No, I didn't either. That's why I said they spun the, they spun the roulette wheel, and it came up against them. You know, if I'm if I was a coaching staff, I would approach it the same way. After what you did in Dallas on Christmas Eve in front of a national audience, and you went tooth and nail with that defense, and you gave us a chance to win, you put up 355 yards passing on that defense and two touchdown passes. You know, I'm looking at this Saints team that can barely score 20 points a game. We have more than enough firepower. We have more than enough defense to control the Saints. I agree. That would have been my strategy as well. It backfired on. They rolled the dice, and it came up snake eyes on. Yeah, and that are up against it. So uh, we'll talk to John McMullen next. And he covered the game, and he listened to all the post-game press conferences. And, and I'm dying to hear if any press, anybody press Sirianni on this offensive game plan, which was woeful, inadequate, and forced the Eagles to now go into a desperation situation next week. This is the Pondla Hockey Eagles post-game show. John McMullen up next, and we'll be back after this. to get your game on go for the beers go for the cheers go for the hit and the hits go for the stakes and the stakes go to get your parlay on go to get your party on go for the scene go for the screens go for the gallery go for the win go to ocean visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit the greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. 
Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, go first. and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. I'm Jim Muehlbronner, Managing Partner at DelVal Insurance Group. Give us a call. We're a local, knowledgeable agency, not an 800 number. Go Birds! Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event. Welcome back to the Palma Hockey Eagles postgame show with Derek Gunn and Seth Joyner. I'm Mike Missanelli as the Eagles lose today 20-10 to 10 at home to the Saints, setting up a situation next week where they have one more game to win to clinch the number one seed. And uh, <laughs> is it possible the Dallas Cowboys come flying back here in this, and win this division because of this, uh, this nonsense? Well, let's talk to the man who covered the Eagles mm-hmm. game today. Uh, at Lincoln Financial Field and get some answers. He, of course, is uh, Jacob Media's John McMullen, and he joins us right now. Uh, John, um, are you with us? Oh, we, lo- we lost we lost John. So uh, let's talk a little bit about what – I'll tell you what, let's guess 
what Nick Sirianni would say, right? Uh, you're asked that question. I hope he was asked the question, first of all. I hope I hope this was a press corps today that really pressed him on some things because he frankly had it easy all year and hasn't really had to give any any tough answers to tough questions. Uh, so so Derek, you're 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 the first questioner. What's the first question you asked the, the head coach? Hey coach. What was the game plan going into this game against the Saints defense that was giving up 132 yards rushing? Why did you come out throwing the football? Plain and simple. Simple question. Same, plain right. and simple. And, and now, if there's some, and if you press them from there. Okay, do we have John now? I believe if John there's is if there's ready one here. guy if there's one guy in the media who would have pressed him, I know it, it would be John McMullen. It would be John McClain or John McMullen. Exactly. Yeah, he, and he joins Trust us me, now, they, John. Uh, they won't thanks. give me a press pass. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for thanks for joining us, and I, I, I assume you've heard all the post game reaction from the important parties. So I, I'll I'll throw it right at you. Uh, what in the hell were they trying to do offensively today with that game plan? Because they looked confused. They didn't look like they knew what they wanted to do. They didn't run the football at all. Minshew looked like a fish out of water. What answers did you get from the head coach? <clears throat> well, you know, not many. Um, you know, it was other than it was a poor performance, which I think everybody knows. So my my question was, you had four consecutive three and outs, four mm-hmm. consecutive three mm-hmm. and outs. Now, this offense has been really, really good. There have been times when they throw it too much. They go with that tempo and they have the, the lopsided time of possession. But they usually correct it with Jalen Hurts, obviously. But you had. Gardner Minshew today and you know I kind of compare it to sort of your fourth you know fifth member of the rotation if you want to use the the baseball analogy and he didn't have his good stuff he was inaccurate Uh, he was a little bit spooked early I think by the Saints pass rush which the Eagles Mm -hmm. offensive line did not have a great day a lot of Mm -hmm. that had to do with Lane Johnson but not all of it they had six penalties uh, four false starts. Again, false starts at home. I don't get. Uh, that's been a theme with this team. Um, it was just a sloppy performance. They didn't play well. But I think the irony of all ironies, week 18 is meaningful for the Eagles. It's not meaningful for the Giants. The Giants are locked into the sixth seed. The Giants don't have to play the game. The Eagles still have to win the division and win the conference and play the game. So I think that's good news for the Eagles. I wouldn't panic. But, yeah, this was a, a bad, bad performance. Easily their worst game of the year. Easily. John, I want to get your professional opinion on something. Let me ask you this first of all. You were in practice every day last week, correct? Yes. Okay, so you were among the contingent that saw Jalen Hurts walk out oh, there. Oh, that dog and pony show. Don't get there you started. Go. Yep. Okay, there you go. See, that's what I'm getting at. So, and I've seen this – too many times over the last decade or so, especially since social media has arrived in our lives, you see a star quarterback go out there and practice with, get with the, take the first team reps, blows up on social media. All of a sudden, he's deactivated on Sunday. He doesn't play. People got excited because they saw Jalen Hurst throwing short passes. How much of practice were you guys actually able to watch when he was out there just slinging around short passes, first of all? Uh, this time of year, we're only allowed to watch, you know, okay. the first uh, 15 or so minutes of practice. Okay. And you get to see a little bit of individual work. And then, 
as they start to go in, throw to the running backs a little bit. But it was interesting about what was funny about Thursday. I can now talk about it. Yeah. I wasn't allowed to talk about it. The Eagles make it. I joke the Dateline should have been Langley, Virginia, because they're acting like this is the CIA <laughs> disinformation. Oh, you can't talk about Jack Driscoll taking first team reps at right tackle. What? Like Dennis Allen is is awake at night worrying about what? Oh, who's going is it going to be Jack Driscoll or Andre Dillard or Jordan Mailata? You don't do that. But feel free to waltz up to the starting quarterback and take all the video. I have never been that close to Jalen Hurts in my life. Now, I joke. I yeah. get close yeah. to him all the time. But at practice, uh, they keep us away from the quarterbacks as much as humanly possible. And on Thursday, we're like, oh, by all means, go in the end zone. Go over to the side of the field. Make sure you get enough photos and videos of the starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. And, you know, on verse 365, I said, I don't think Jalen's playing. I don't think he's going to practice this week. And a lot of people were dunking on me on Thursday because right. he did practice. And I said, wait, 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 wait yep. Yep. Till, till Sunday because, you know, when they went to the ball security drills, Jalen didn't participate. And I was saying, look, if you can't survive Shane Steichen hitting you with a pad, how are you going to survive Demario Davis taking a shot at your That's shoulder right. on game That's day? Right. That's right. He was never going to play. It was all subterfuge. Um, and I, you know, I do think it was a two week injury, two to three weeks is what I was told originally. I do think he can play. He will be able to play in week 18. I think they'll feel comfortable that the threat of re-injury or making it serious, more serious has been alleviated. We'll see how that shakes out. But if the Giants aren't going to play, I mean, that might make their decision a little bit easier. So, so John, based on, based on what you're, the information you're saying then, do you – and I'll you know, be honest, do you think – here's what I'm thinking. That after, after discussions with the trainers and the doctors, they still didn't feel that shoulder is where it needs to be to play in a game, knowing the magnitude of this game and what it meant in terms of clinching, and they feel maybe an extra seven days would be that much more beneficial to getting him back to where they need him to be. Well, I think, you know, it, if, if you look at an AC sort of uh, shoulder sprain, yep. you know, it has grade one, grade two, grade three. Yep. From the Eagles' description early on, it was pretty clear Jalen Hurts had a grade two. And if you, if you read the documentation, I talked to a doctor from Vail, Colorado, shoulder guy. Um, he said it's a two- to three-week injury. But if you try to push it, um, there, it, it, it's, it's where the collarbone meets the breastbone. If you try to push it, you're more susceptible to breaking the collarbone. Mm-hmm. So while people say, well, what does seven days mean? And Seth can talk about this. Seven days could mean an eternity for an NFL yep. player. Yep. Um, and yeah, there's a big difference between two weeks and three weeks with this particular injury. <laughs> John, you know, you forget I'm old school. Seven days. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't forget. Seven, se- seven, there's a big difference between seven days in my era and seven days in today's player's era. Um, listen, I, I, I get the sense that every single one of these players on this football team is hurting in some fashion. Um, oh, yeah. some, some, some may even be playing, you know, with injury. 
I respect the fact that the Eagles would put themselves in a position where you want to do what's best for your quarterback, especially coming from an era where they didn't frankly give a damn how bad you were hurt. They would just put you back out there. So I, I can respect that. Um, but, you know, I, I'm of the mindset that, you know, even when he comes back next week, he's going to have some pain. He's going to have some discomfort. You know, he's going to get hit on that shoulder again, you know, and who knows, you know, the difference between a week, you know, seven days and playing today, you know, could have been them wrapping up, you know, the division today. I don't know. They made the decision. It is what it is. I'm, 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 I'm just going to move on from it. My question is, so, but when you came on um, and, and you got kind of turned off, you know, Mike asked the question, you know, if we were in the press conference, what's the first question that we would have asked Nick Sirianni? And D Gunn started off. He was like, coach, what was the game plan for the day? Okay. And I'm sure D Gunn would might have followed it up. My question would have been, coach, what took you so damn long to change your game plan after the first two series? You went three and out, three and out. So you knew right there this whole mode of operation to come out and throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball, it wasn't working. And I understand what you're trying to do. You're trying to throw it early to get up and get a lead, and then you can balance out the run later on, you know, in your four-minute offense. Yeah, la, 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 okay? It wasn't working today, and it didn't work. You went three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out, and then the clock ran out on you, you know, at the half. You had, you know, zero points, one first down. I mean, it was just an atrocious, you know, display of offense. You know, why in the hell do you guys seem intent on trying to throw the ball and forcing it even when it's not there? They came out in the second half, John, and they made the decision to run the ball. They finally got something going before the offense stalled and they had to they had to settle for a field goal. But at the same token, at least the offense was moving. And then the next series, they come back and they start throwing it, trying to air it out again. I just don't get this mentality. When you do something well, okay, the Eagles offense, the Eagles offense ranks um, fourth and run in the NFL, 153 yards. Now I get it. Jalen Hurts accounts for a lot of that. But Miles Sanders is a thousand yard rusher. And you go, he only touches the ball in a running fashion twice in the entire first half. I mean, this, this is just, I don't know how you feel about it, and I know I'm ranting rather than asking a question right now, but as bad as Gardner Minshew played, I don't even blame him. I put this on Nick Sirianni, and I put this on Shane Steichen for the type of game that they call and the situation that they put him in. They put him in a position to fail because they asked him to do things today that they know damn well that he's not capable of doing, especially when they got behind. Yeah, I think that's a fair criticism of of this staff. If you go back last week, I said the same thing on defense with Jonathan Gannon uh, and Josiah Scott on third and 30. You know, why not just play cover two instead of playing cover two sink? And you're asking Josiah Scott to do this this sort of maybe this thing he's not comfortable with where Avante Maddox could do it. Uh, similar offensively today, I do think this team gets into a little bit too much of a mindset that, all right, 
a backup's going to go in there, we're going to ask him to do what the starter does. And, um, you know, Jack Driscoll with Lane Johnson, you know, it's not the same. Um, Josh Sweat goes down in a scary situation today. It's not the same. Um, when you're down to backups, yeah, you have to adjust. So when I look at the Eagles, you know, it was three and out, three and out, three and out. I think it was four three and outs to start the game. And then they finally got the first down with 11 seconds. Then they got another first down, mm-hmm. but it was halftime. And then they came out of halftime and they played with a little bit more energy, a little bit more tempo, and they converted a first down. I don't know how many plays they had in the first half, but it was less than 20. It was maybe 15, 16. Um, that's ridiculous. So, you know, it was a combination. 17 total, John. Yeah, 17. So it was a combination of things. Um, the quarterback wasn't playing well. The offensive line was struggling without Lane Johnson. Um, you know, the two carries that Miles didn't get, you know, maybe you got to – I think people don't realize Miles is hurt. Miles missed practice on Wednesday. It was just a walkthrough, but he's got a knee problem. He's wearing the knee brace, if you guys noticed, on his left knee. Yeah. Um, he's, he's banged up. Um, so maybe that played into the thinking as well. But well, as John, coaches, you got you got to find a way to scheme up a stinking first down. Is what I'm trying yeah, to say. Well, to so let me follow field. up on that because you said that he. What did you learn from the coach about this? And he, you said not much. What? Uh, how come? Like, what was his explanation for well, it? I, I assume he was asked about it. <clears throat> yeah, he was asked about it. I asked him, you know, what did you think of Gardner's, you know, performance? And it was basically. You know, I got to watch the film. Uh, no, you don't. Well, the, for certain things you do, uh, but he knows what went on and he knows, look, the guy wasn't playing well. Now he did admit it wasn't his best game, understated that. Uh, but yeah, why do you keep trying to throw the football? I mean, think about the pick six to Lattimore. <laughs> I mean, he's making bad decisions. Mm-hmm. Lattimore hasn't played since week five, but Everybody in this league knows how good he is, knows how smart he is. Why are you putting a quarterback who's having a bad day in that situation? That's right. That's right. Um, so he didn't have any answers for it? Well, it, as I said, Mike, it's the typical, I got to watch the film and, <laughs> and, and, and we'll, we'll see what went, right, what went wrong. What went wrong, it's fair to say, this was the worst performance of the season. Look, this is a personnel-driven league. <clears throat> I do think, you know, it's the old adage. You know, the, the coach and the quarterback gets too much credit when they win, too much uh, blame when they lose. Um, the players didn't play well. And when your players aren't playing well, you're going to have an issue. But there are things you can do to maybe mask some of the deficiencies. And I, I don't think... Shane Steichen, particularly, and 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 Nick Sirianni on the offensive side did a good job of this. John, just one follow up before uh, I move on to uh, the other guys. Who want to ask you more questions? You said that uh, since the Giants uh, don't need the game, maybe that makes the Eagles' decision easier. And what re- are you saying that they, there's a chance that because the Giants aren't playing full bore, that they would go back to Minshew? I mean, there's a chance if there's worried about Jalen Hurts. But, you know, it's all health-related. It's all, 
you know, you don't want to risk your starting quarterback for the playoffs. You don't want to risk it. If the Giants make it clear they're not going to play the game like Tennessee did on, on, on Thursday night or some other teams have started to do, yeah, that makes it an easy decision. Um, really? If they're, not going to, if they're not going to play the game, how are they going to beat you um, if they're not well, trying to win the game? Uh, I don't know what the Giants are going to do, and we'll see what they're going to do, but I can't imagine – the Giants are going to play Saquon Barkley. I can't imagine it. No, I can't no. imagine that they're going to play Daniel Jones more than a series or two. Why would they? Why? Why would they? They're locked yeah. in to the sixth seed. So, if you're not going to play your best players, I, I do think that that makes things a little bit easier uh, for the Eagles. I mean, I think that's that's. Pretty evident. And by the way, Minnesota's getting waxed in Green yeah. Bay. Yep. So you don't have to worry about that as far as the number one seed. So there's another team you don't have to worry about. So um, it's not as bad as people are making it out to be when it comes to to the NFC East and, and the number one seed. John, John um, you know, we, we spent a lot of time here talking about the coaching decisions and the NFL play of the offense, but I can't let this defense off the hook over that first 30 minutes. Of, of the players that you you guys talked to, what kind of answers did you get to questions like, how do you let a bland offense like the Saints that has, have been inconsistent, number one, control the clock for 22 minutes in the first half and run 39 plays against your your defense and you knew exactly what they were going to do the wildcat is an integral part of that offense in the opening drive they ran the wildcat six times which enabled them to go down the field and punch it in on almost a nine-minute drive did players answer to, to these questions yeah i mean well the thing about the, i think the defense adjusted quicker um in the second quickly, half sir. Yeah. yeah and and they only gave up 20 points and my god andy dalton spends all day in the pocket i mean yep. they they had seven sacks they they could pass now the chicago bears yep. uh uh for the sack record in next week granted 17 games but they're that close they're 68 the record is 72 yeah. um they were they were fine the defense as a whole was fine uh, other than that first drive, I think, you know, the Eagles got some of their own medicine they're not used to. That short yarded stuff is difficult with Taysom Hill. I mean, that guy is big. That guy is powerful. Yes. If you're third and one, third and two, fourth and one, fourth and two, that's going to be really difficult to stop. That's what teams typically deal with with the Eagles and Jalen Hurts. Well, they got some of their own medicine. Uh, overall, the offense was so bad. I, 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 I can't get to the defense. I mean, there's some things they weren't great in coverage. Um, again, uh, yeah, and you know, again, they don't have Avante Maddox. They don't have right. C.J. Gardner Johnson. Yep. So some of that should be expected. But again, I, and I mentioned last week with Gannon. Don't ask Josiah Scott to do what Avante Maddox does. Right, Don't ask right. Reed Blankenship to do what C.J. Gardner Johnson does. I think that part of it's fair. John, uh, 
Seth, you got something? <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm just, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, it, it's just I'm I, I'm I'm gonna John, you can't get over to the offensive side of I man. It's like night and day what they were what they did on the defensive side. Um they had five possessions in the first half. They gave up 13 points in the first half with one punt. And then they come out and they reel off, you know, um, they make them punt the ball five times in the second half. But the offense can't can't figure out, you know, what to do with the football on the other side. My thing is, you know, <clears throat> if you're able to make these adjustments in the first half, why can't you make the adjustments, you know, in the second half, right? Why can't you make these adjustments in the first half? You know, you talk about, you know, I think I was talking to someone a couple of days ago about the whole Taysom Hill thing. You know that 99.9% of the time when he comes in the game, he's going to run the football, okay? So just go zero coverage, go man-to-man across the board, force him to have to throw the ball, okay? And just go gap defense all the way across the board. You know, th- there are times where I'm looking at, you know, when they get into their five-man front, their five-man front is almost like an eagle front. It's almost like the 46. But sometimes I watch T.J. Edwards and his alignment is so misaligned because instead of him lining up outside on the tackle, either head up or outside shade on the tackle, he'll line up stat over the defensive tackle. So when they double down on the tackle and the tackle goes up second level, now there's no edge there. T.J. can't turn that play back in to the other Mm -hmm. guy or to the rest of the defense. I mean, these little small things, John, that I'm looking at, that this does, they don't make any sense to me. You know, take away what he does. Taysom Hill, you stop him on third and three, and then they turn around and have the audacity to run the same damn play at you again on fourth and three, and you allow him to, to convert it? You know, no. I would have had my linebackers step up in. Everybody get in your gap, okay? And let's take away the gap. If we, go, if we build a gap defense all the way across he has nowhere to nowhere to run he's got to dance mm. until somebody gets off of, off a of play and i'm just like i'm watching this and it just makes no sense to me that you knew you knew that Taysom hill is going to get about 20 percent of the offensive plays yet you had like everybody else you had no answer for him when alvin Kamara is the only real weapon that they had you had no answer for him whatsoever and I just thought that, you know, he was the difference maker. But then you go to the second half of the game, that's really where they put the clamps on him and put him in position where they really couldn't, where he was a non-factor. Yeah, well, I do think, you know, in Taysom Hill, it's kind of where, where are you going to put him? I, I do think it's not. I mean, he is capable of throwing the football, and that's what makes him a problem. Uh, now as a starting quarterback and he got one opportunity, he's not going to be a starting quarterback, but this guy can throw the football. So if you do yeah. go zero on him, he will throw the football and yep. make him complete it. Then. The pass. Make him make was, John make him prove that he can complete it. Okay. Yeah, I think it was I think it was two for two today. Um so when he did throw the ball, he was two for two. And the reason why is because yep. there's so much uh attention to him as a runner. Well, all of a sudden, that creates some issues on the back end. And I'll give our buddy Mike Quick credit because he was talking about Shahid on New Orleans before the game, undrafted rookie really fast from Weber State, and he said he's going to get him because they don't know. And he got Bradbury. Yeah, he and did. He got, he got Bradbury for that 58-yard uh, gain, and the Eagles were able to 
hold him to a field goal. But and Chris Olave is a good player, and he was back in the lineup, and, <clears throat> and he really gave the Eagles some trouble, especially early. Uh, he was a big part of, of it early. And then they settled down, and Andy Dalton, like I said, I think he got a recliner delivered to Lincoln Financial Field because he just holds on to the football forever. I mean, just holds it and holds it and holds it and holds it, and they get home for seven sacks. Bottom line, this is 2023 now. Happy New Year's, by the way, everybody. This is 2023. In the 2023 NFL, if you give up 20 points, you should win. That's right. Certainly the Eagles that's should right. win. That's and right. And they didn't. So that's yeah. why I go. That's Seth. That's why I go offense before I go defense. There's no today. question. John, uh, always a pleasure. Uh, thank you. And, and so next week's an important game. And if you just heard what John McMullen said, maybe they try to survive it with Minshew since the Giants may not participate. Not John, a chance in hell. <laughs> Not a snowball's chance in hell. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week, John. All right. Thanks, guys. All right, Take care, John. Jacob Medium. I know he shook you up with that answer. No. I think it's a real possibility. No way. Hey, hey, listen, let, let me tell you something, Mike. Okay. If everybody thinks that the Giants are going to come in here and lay down and give the Eagles the easy path to the division and to the number one seed, you got another thing coming. You got to remember the mindset mindset of one Brian Dayball and the mindset of one, you know, Wink Martindale. Mm -hmm. They're going to come in here. The, the, the Eagles embarrassed them the first game, put That's up right. 48 right. points on them. That's right. You think they're going to come in here and lay down and just give the Eagles? They ain't no, giving them. We'll, see. we'll a, see what happens. No, there ain't no we'll see. I'm telling you right now. Not only do those coaches have a sense of pride and they realize that they haven't played very well, you know, and they have to play against a winning team, a good football team going into the playoffs. You think they're going to back off right now? Hell no. Well, Hell I, no. I, all right. And if the well, Eagles coaching staff, coach staff think think that that's the issue, then guess what? They don't deserve the NFC East or the first round by. I love it. He's all stirred up because we've got plenty of show left. we got game balls, and we have our drive of the game next, and we're calling in the Doc. That's right. We got to talk about some injuries, especially Jalen Hurts, especially Josh Sweat, some other guys. Dr. Bruce Grossinger will join us. Uh, stay tuned because up next, our drive of the game, fellas. And uh, I'm guessing it's not going to be Eagles. It is the uh, Pine Lahagi Eagles post game show. And we're back after this. My wife was in an accident that changed our lives forever. She was in rehabilitation for years. She had to learn to walk again, she couldn't take care of herself. We couldn't afford a nurse. We were running out of options. One conversation with Pond Lee Hockey changed everything. They understood what we were going through and immediately helped us navigate the legal process. We can't thank them enough. Pond Lee Hockey, tell us your story. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. 
Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not least, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio. Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event. Did you know taxes could be your biggest expense during retirement? Are most of your assets in tax-deferred accounts like IRAs and 401ks? Taxes are historically low today, but we're facing significant headwinds in the future. Do you have a plan? The Thrive Financial Team has more than 100 years of experience helping people across the Delaware Valley with forward-looking tax planning. Learn how to shift your money from forever tax to no or low tax accounts. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. It's the Pile of Hockey Eagles postgame show with the gang. Uh, happy New Year to everybody, but it wasn't a very happy New Year for Eagle fans as the Eagles lose 20 to 10. It's time to go over our drive of the game presented by the Jeff D'Ambrosio Auto Group. Uh, go to jeffauto.com, grab a new car deal tomorrow, meet the great owner of the dealership. He is Jeff D'Ambrosio, really good guy. Uh, fellas, our drive of the game. Um, I don't know, you can go with the Eagles if you want. Uh, I'll take it last because I know what you're going to come up with. There's really one drive of note in this whole game. So we'll start with D-Gun. D, 
Does it have to be an Eagles drive, first of all? not. Okay. And I wouldn't expect it to be. Okay. So, with that said, you have to know where I'm going. The Saints come out in Lincoln Financial Field. Mm -hmm. First drive of the game, a very average offense at best. 15 plays, 75 yards, 8 minutes and 58 seconds, six wildcat runs on that opening drive, and punch it in the Eagles' mouth on the opening drive against this Eagles defense. To me, that was a tone setter. That was my drive of the game. Seth, can you disagree with that? <laughs> There's no need of disagreeing. <laughs> I may even give the Saints my damn game ball by the time we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's no other answer. They, 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 you know, 15 plays, eat up nine minutes. They converted three uh, first downs and one fourth down in that drive. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know what to say. I was, I was bewildered by it as well. Uh, so, Seth, you're going to agree with that as the drive of the game. No doubt about it. He took All the right, word. Well, then, then let me, let me give a token <laughs> appreciation to the one Eagles drive, which really wasn't a drive because it was a bomb. Why? Well, well, I mean, really? Just, <laughs> cut, just cut him off. Just cut him off for this this segment, Xander. Well, just hello, be, hello, I can't hear you. Hello. Just to be different, okay? Because the, like Minshew did complete three passes on this drive, right? That was the drive that got him the touchdown. First down at the. Is that the new standard? Four. Is that the gold standard? <laughs> he no. He threw it short right to Devontae for twelve. Right? That was the first play. And then he comes back in his shotgun and he goes short left to Devontae for six. Oh, man. <laughs> so, so he completes two in a row. And then comes the big play to A.J. Brown, which was played poorly uh, by that cornerback, by the way. But uh, if there was an eagle drive in the game, it would be that because they went 96. All right? Mike, Mike, let me ask you a question. Yes. Do you believe what you just said? No. <laughs> I, but I, like I'm trying to add some balance. You, I gave you first serve. You got the only drive of the game, which was the 15 play by New Orleans. It can be so unanimous. We're gonna throw a bone to the Eagles, and they did go 96 on that on that drive, right? So I'm not giving that. I'm not giving the Eagles a drive of the game. They scored 10 points against the Saints at home in a game they knew they needed to clinch the number one seed. 10 points against the Saints. Right, let's put it this way. If, it if somebody Eagles. had me tied up with a gun to my head saying, you got to come up with an Eagles drive in the game, <laughs> that's the answer I would give. Okay? Is that good enough? Oh, my goodness. I can't do it. I can't all do right. it. So now, now we're going to segue into the all-important game balls. Oh, geez. Now, this, this segment has been created from hell. Right. Not only we have a drive of the game we can't come up with, we can't give anybody a game ball either. But I'm going to let you guys have at it again. Well, Seth, I'll go to you first. I'm giving my game ball to Brandon Graham. There you I go. called it in the pregame. Um, he needed one sack to get the double digits for the first time in his career, and I said in the pregame that he'd have two. He actually had three, but there was yes, a penalty, and they took one away from him. Um, I want to congratulate him. I want to like, you know, not necessarily apologize, but I got to kind of eat my words because it was years ago that I said that Brandon would never be a double digit guy. He's gotten close quite a few times. I didn't say it because I did not want him to do it. I just, you know, that was my opinion at the time. He proved me wrong. 
So his game, my game ball goes to him. Congratulations on double digit sacks for the first time in your career in year 13. Yep. I can't argue with that. If I had a game ball to give, uh, we don't have him physically here, but uh, I would give a game ball to Brandon Graham as well. I mean, you, you can't give it to anybody offensively. Uh, he's really the, the candidate that you have to zero in on. So, yeah, congratulations, Brandon Graham. It is pretty amazing that he had double-digit sacks for the first time in his career after a great career as an Eagle. I, I'm going to go off the rail. I agree with Seth 100%. Brandon's my boy. I'm going to go completely off the rail here, and I'm giving it to Josiah Scott because until he picked off that pass, Andy Dalton was 13 for 13. So he broke up Andy Dalton's consecutive completion streak. So I'm going to give it to Josiah Scott because he got ripped apart last week for his inept play down in Dallas. He came back and got the only turnover in the game for this defense. I'm going with just Josiah Scott. You just hammered me for giving the Eagles a drive in the game. You come up with Josiah Scott? I did it. I come did on, it man. for effect. I did it for effect. Let's see what you say. All right, Josiah, congratulations. Huh? What? I, I will say this. Um, Josiah Scott, to your point in the pregame, mm -hmm. you said he usually plays better when yes. he knows he's going to be starting opposed yes. to having to come in. Um, he had an interception. Yep. He had four total tackles today, three solos, um, and he wasn't really victimized nope. uh, much at all today. So I, I kind of get the sense that you know, um, you know, I, I don't like to, you know, beat players up. You know, I'm, although you have to do it if you're going to be truth, truthful, and you know, it, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but he played much better today. Yeah, he did. I tell you what, the the New Orleans Saints. When they could get that matchup with him on Chris Olave today, they tried to take advantage of it. Right. He played a lot better today than he did last week and in, in previous games. Yeah, yeah. All right, let me also add that uh, I thought Hargrave played really well today. I think Hargrave okay. was really active in there. He got a sack, but he he really clogged some things up. But my counterpoint to that is, you know, Sue and Linval Joseph have kind of tailed off, and and. Jordan Davis really is not making a lot of plays either. Are you guys worried about that part? Well, we thought the rotation was pretty stout, that maybe not. I mean, I saw Hargrave and Cox play a lot of uh, snaps today. Well, I, I think mm -hmm. that sometimes I get the I get the point, I get the sense that when I look at this defense, I'm always left wondering what the hell are they trying to do from a schematic standpoint. We all know that Jonathan Gannon says he doesn't have a scheme, he has a philosophy. But when you're talking about your front seven, there has to be a scheme in place to be able to stop the run. Um, sometimes you can, I can see some rhyme and reason to what they do. Other times, I'm not so sure. Like I said, you know, the when they line up in their five man line, a lot of times, you know, listen, you can run an over and under front. And in, in actuality, what you're actually running, you know, is a four three front with the Sam linebacker being, um, you know, Hassan Reddick, and you rush him and drop the guy on the other side, or you rush five, which really turns into, you know, a Sam blitz, you know. But in the run game, where guys line up, you know, um, schematically, and then where the linebackers line up schematically, sometimes I'm just like left scratching my head because sometimes they're not in the most – the most prudent positions to be able to stop some of the runs that you see. Sometimes, you know, you got defensive ends that are lined up, 
you know, um, especially when they go four man, they'll line up head up on the defense on the offensive tackle. Or you see these guys lining up with the wrong foot up. You know, Brandon happened to Brandon today, you know, um, on a play where they started inside and bounced it out because he had his feet lined wrong. You know, he wound up having to step in the bucket. By the time you step in the bucket, it's too late to come out of it. So I'm, I'm my, my biggest concern is, you know, giving these guys some hardcore, um, you know, solid fundamental responsibilities. And, okay, this is your gap. This is your gap. So when I look at these guys, I'm not so sure sometimes that they understand. Like I've seen Sue. Sue, it seems like he's a half a step slow to get into some of these sacks. There's like three or four sacks this year since he's been here that I think he could have been a party to or got a piece of. You know, he's still sitting on that half a sack that first game mm-hmm. that he and Lin- Linville Joseph actually split that first sack. But he's right there. I think that he's a force. I don't know that they play him enough. I don't know if they give him enough reps to really be, you know, as dominant as they can be, as, as he could be, I should say. Um, so I don't know. But, I mean, the defense is still, you know, I mean, listen, they they, they are ranked 18th versus the run coming into today, to today's game. You know, they'll probably stay right around there, 120 to 125, you know, yards per game i don't think it's the thing that jonathan gannon or this staff really is concerned with um but i think the closer you get to the playoffs and as you get deeper into the playoffs that you know those numbers become more of an issue than what they are right now everyone wants to look at where they are and where they rank you know defensively against the pass yeah they came to this game today they were ranked number one at 181 yards per game yeah that's all fine and dandy you know, but did they really get beat, you know, in the in the pass game so much more than they got beat in the run game today? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, by the way, the game balls that we uh, unanimously gave to uh, Brandon Graham. And who would you give it to, Seth? No, D- Derek Gunn. Yeah, Derek. Josiah <laughs> Scott. Josiah Scott. But in, in, in any event, the game balls. Hey, don't not- laugh. You heard, you heard Seth's stats. Don't laugh. Scott had a good game today, man. The game ball to Josiah Scott was proudly presented by Colony Pools. Get yourself a signed game ball. That's right. You can get your own signed game ball. Just go right now to flywithcolony, C-O-L-O-N-Y.com. Let Colony Pools take care of your pool. Flywithcolonypools.com. On the other side, we got some injury updates and some injury information to discuss from Dr. Bruce Grosinger, our resident sports doc. He'll join us after this on the Pond Hockey Eagles postgame show. Don't go away. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Post game show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. 
While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one, and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Since 1977 at Rafferty Subaru, we have always been about our customers and the community. Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why. Continue your communication sciences and disorders education at South University within the Doctor of Audiology or Masters of Science in Speech-Language Pathology programs. With state-of-the-art labs, on-campus clinics, and extensive externship opportunities, students position themselves to be at the top of the job market. Stand out in the audiology and speech-language pathology profession by visiting salis.edu. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you're having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Palma Hockey Eagles postgame show. You're watching us on 6abc.com and also the Jacob Sports YouTube channel. Thanks for hanging with us on a New Year's Day. 
as the Eagles lose today, a 20 to 10. A very unexpected result, but uh, next week they can still clinch that number one seed. There'll be all kinds of discussions on what that game's going to be like, and we'll talk about that just to, before we let the, let you guys go today. But let's talk some injuries, and let's bring in our sports doc, Dr. Bruce Grossinger, joins us. Hello, Doc. Happy New Year to you. Now, first of all, i got to talk about the jail injury because it's obviously the most important on what's going to happen next week. Uh, talk us through what he has, how long – uh, it's logistically uh, able to heal and whether um, he could be ready for next week. And do you expect that joint to have healed by next week? Yes, um, it's clear. John McMullen was very helpful in amplifying that he has a, a grade two, a moderate strain of the sternoclavicular joint. It's not totally displaced. And as Seth mentioned, he was able to play well in the second half and to- he threw two 30-yard balls. So because of that, I think they, they kept him out using an abundance of cautions they tend to do. I believe that with therapy in another week, he will play next week. It's a very meaningful game against the Giants, but uh, it was their decision to not play him. And I think John pointed out how they were kind of trotting him out like a show pony just so the Saints would prepare for him. Hey, so you're, hey, you're, doc- you're okay. As a doctor – you would be okay to say he could, he's able to play the third weekend. I want to make it clear. I give a little uh, caveat here or a disclaimer that I haven't examined him. So I have to always mention that because I wouldn't want a viewer to think that I know directly without examining him. I'm, I am speculating, but if we presume he has full range of motion, his pain is under control and he's able to throw uh medium, you know, range, you know, 10 to 20 yard throws, not necessarily 60 yards. I would definitely clear him to play for next week. It's a very meaningful game. Hey, Doc, I want to ask you about this Lane Johnson injury because he he, he irritates it one game, does further damage on this abductor injury the next game, and now we're at a point where he's out until the playoffs and might be out a little bit beyond that. What are we talking about in terms of exactly what this injury is and we know that everybody heals differently, but it, for a guy who plays the position that he does, what kind of legitimate time frame are we talking about here? Well, he has what I would call sports hernia. They haven't used that word, but they talked about a core muscle injury. Right. So it's really an injury to the uh, rectus abdominis muscle and the oblique, and it's unilateral. It's, it's more to one side. So it's really about pain control, and he's wearing a brace right now. I believe that... Uh, he already has that hernia that will require repair, and he is a very tough guy. So they're going to keep him out to the playoffs about three or four weeks, depending on what seed they have. But after the season, he's going to get a full repair, and I expect a full recovery for Lay Johnson. Okay. Doc, um, tell us if, if anything, you've heard anything about Josh Sweat. Um, it looked like to me um, – he probably had a little stinger in the neck. Um, they took him to the hospital, um, had to cart him off, looked more like it was more precautionary than anything, the way that he was, you know, kind of banging his hands on the ground as he laid on the ground. So it was pretty obvious that he had motion. Um, but he goes to the hospital. From what we understand, he's been released. Um, you know, any news on whether that's actual, you know, concussion type, deal or a neck injury and what's the prognosis for him being available next week that's a great question in fact 
the fact the fact that you just told me he was released from the hospital tells me a lot, Seth. He, um, I'm sure he had X-rays. You know, that's the first thing you do. You you immobilize the spine. They did a great job. Even the way the cart was moving slowly, they did a beautiful job. And they didn't put him in the locker room for cross table lateral and AP. They sent him right to the hospital. That's state of the art. Presumably, he had an MRI. If you recall, Matthew Stafford in December, uh, uh, last month actually, uh, he's out with the spinal cord contusion. So Stafford had normal X-rays, but on his MRI there was bright signal in his spinal cord. So that means there was bruising and bleeding in the spinal cord. Stafford is going to have a full recovery. But if that was the case, we could presume there's no way they would have let him leave. We still don't know whether he had a concussion. I, I watched the play over and over again, and I saw that it was really a high-velocity hit on the fullback, and it was head and neck. And at the very end there, um, his own guy uh, cut him – you know, was trying to tackle. There was also an impact to his neck from uh, uh, his own guy, uh, number I think number 72, one of the defensive tackles. So he laid on the ground for a few seconds. If you recall, they kept him on the ground for a long time. So why was he motionless? Could have been a stinger, which is really a shock to the neck, which is transient and benign, Seth, or it could have been a concussion, really. So we still don't know whether it was a concussion at play or whether this was a, uh, a contusion, uh, excuse me, a concussion of the spinal cord. So the fact is discharged. We presume there's no bleeding of the spinal cord, no fracture, no need to further immobilize or put him in a halo. But beyond that, I think we're going to watch closely to see whether they put him in a concussion protocol. Mm-hmm. Dr. Bruce, mm-hmm. there's a follow-up on Lane. Um, he obviously needs surgery, and to me, that means that he can't possibly be 100% when he does play again in the playoffs. Uh, as an offensive lineman, you need that core strength. How much do you think that affects him as a player? Well, we think of the rectus. There are three different layers. I will, It gets boring if we get into anatomy. But luckily, there's three different layers. So there's three shells of protection. He's also going to wear a really good brace. So I, I believe he's going to, if he had an, an unstable hernia or his bowel was protruding, he, he, they would set him to surgery. They, they wouldn't play around with it. So I believe he'll be about 80 to 90%. That would be my approximation. Okay. Uh, Dr. Bruce, helpful information. We appreciate it. Thanks for hanging out with us on, yeah, on New Year's Day. It. And Happy New Year to you and your happy family. Happy New Year to all you all. And, happy New Year, Doc. Uh, good to see happy you. Happy New Year, Doc. All right, that's Dr. Bruce. Uh, okay, so let's uh, come down the home stretch here of the show and, and look ahead. Now, we've dissected this many different ways. Uh, Seth was uncomfortable with the John McMullen notion that maybe the Eagles would say, you know what, the Giants aren't going to play anybody of significance. We can rest uh, Jalen Hurts for one more week and Gardner Mitchell would play. But I think all of us, I think, would agree that Hurts has to play next week, if only to get back into the swing of things. So, what do you expect the Eagles to face next week in that game? What kind of pressure will they be carrying with us? Can they get all these things straightened out that we saw were flaws this week? Hmm. Well, I, listen, I, I'm I'm of the opinion that the Giants are going to come in and play football. You know, um, Daniel, Daniel Jones, they're still trying to figure out whether he could be the guy. They may have already made a decision, you know, as far as that's concerned. They're a young team that's been losing for the last, I don't know how many years. 
with a new head coach, with a new mantra, with a new way of going mm-hmm. about things. Um, and they've got an aggressive-minded defensive coordinator that blitzes more than any other defensive coordinator in the National Football mm-hmm. League. Um, they haven't had a whole bunch of rhythm, you know, the last five or six games. Um, I think this is probably the first game that they've won in about four or five games. Um, so I look at them to try to build upon that rhythm and continue to, you know, get to where they need to so that they can not only make the playoffs, which they've, which they've already secured, but be able to make some noise once they get there. If um, if it's one of those situations where, you know, they get a good draw, they want to be able to win the football game if they can do that. So I don't envision the, them coming in here laying down. And, and the Eagles had better get their mindset right um, about what they have to do because – it's a big major difference between being the number one seed and the division champion and getting the first week off and getting your starters and everybody who needs it, you know, two weeks of pure rest opposed to it being one of those situations where, you know, now all of a sudden you drop all the way down to the five seed. We got to hear all this crap from the Cowboy fans because now they just won the darn division and you go on the road for the entire playoffs instead of having everything come to you. Um, This is big. And it's big enough for me to say that, you know, Gardner Minshew can't be the guy given the pressure that he succumbed to today. You have to get Jalen Hurts back back out on the field, even if you have to call plays in a manner that protects him from himself. You have to get him on the field because he's the linchpin for this offense, and he may be the linchpin for the rest of this team from a leadership standpoint. I agree. Derek? Let me go on record right now saying to me, Brian Debo gets my coach of the year. He took a four-win team. He took basically the same nucleus without making any wholesale changes on that team and turned them into a nine-win team that secured a playoff spot today, number one. Number two, I fully expect Brian Dabo to give his first unit uh, some run next week and and um, Wink Martindale because he's preparing them for what's to come beyond that week. Uh, this is a Giants team that nobody thought would be anywhere near uh, talking about a playoff squad. He's not just – he's most teams will probably rest players. I don't think Dabo is of the mindset that you guys have earned the right to have time off because we still have a lot to prove. Plus, don't forget the fact, as, 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 as I mentioned and as Seth mentioned on this show, this team put up 48 points on you in your backyard. They embarrassed you like nobody else did this season. We have something to prove. Now, to what degree they're going to play their regulars, I don't know. But I fully expect to come out and have them swing away against this Eagles team, and I expect them to give an Eagles team a much better game than they gave them that first time. All right, so Derek Gunn is starting Jalen Hurts. Yes. Hey, let me ask you a question, yes. Mike. Yes, sir. When the New York Giants coaching staff looks at this New Orleans Saints-Philadelphia Eagle game film, and then the players come in on Wednesday morning and they look at the same game film, what do you think the thought is going to be? For who, the Giants? Yeah. Well, I think the Giants think that uh, they, they can follow kind of a, a similar uh, plan and uh, and win the game. But, again, does it matter that they win the game? Sure it matters. Yeah. They, listen, we only, listen, as a football player in my day, you only got 16 of them. 
Today, you only got 17 of them, okay? And yeah, you might be in the playoffs, you know, but at the end of the day, what do you have to do? You have to set the precedent because again, what did I say? And I say it again. I've been saying it, you know, as long as I've been in in this whole uh, media world, okay? What I do know is that how you play from week from week to week is a precursor to how you will play next week, okay? The Eagles have played terribly the last two weeks, okay? So they got to figure out how to right the ship, especially going into the playoffs. Everybody's talking, oh, one and done, one and done, one and done, okay? Yeah, will they have to make some adjustments? Absolutely. Why? Because they, they're missing, you know, so many, so many pieces that matter. But this is the same team that won 13 games before they lost one. You know, are they that bad because they lost to two teams that they shouldn't have because their quarterback was out? Are they that bad that all of a sudden we're going to say, oh, you know, they're incapable of making any noise in the playoffs because, you know, they lost two games in a row? Let's let's not let's not take away from what Jalen Hurts and this offense has accomplished and what he can accomplish when he's on the field. And you put that with this defense and the way that they're playing, you know, at times, if Jonathan Gannon can get out of his own way and let allow the great players that he has on this defense just to be who they are and play the way that they play, I think that yeah. this team is still that team that can they can get it done. I think it's important that the Eagles win next week with their first team and Jalen Hurts playing. So I'm I'm agreeing with you. I'm just thinking that the Giants may not look at it that way. We see many teams that side on the side of keeping your players healthy rather than winning a game that they don't really have to win. That said, I think they will play the first half and then Dable will, will plan it accordingly by getting getting the key starters out of there. That's what I think. I'll tell, Mike, I'll tell you this. If this was if, – if, if this giant staff was one of these new age coaches, like, you know, these young, these young coaches that come in 30-somethings that are hell-bent on – you know, um, uh, emotional intelligence and all that kind of stuff. I, I might agree with you. Okay. Brian Dayball's been coaching a long time. Wink Martindale's been coaching a long time. Mm-hmm. Their mindset ain't that. Their okay. mindset is to well, build make it a better game. It. Huh? <laughs> I like it. That'll make it a better game. So that will play. Uh, that's the last thing we do before we get out of here. Let's play guess the line because there is no line posted right now for obvious reasons. They don't know about. Jalen Hurts, yeah. well, he was yeah. going to play. I don't know what the Giants' mindset. They may announce that they're only going to play starters for whatever. So there's no line and probably won't come out to the midweek. So you guys set the line. Jalen Hurts plays for the Philadelphia Eagles. The Giants, you don't know whether they're going to play all their starters for an entire game. Set a line on the, those parameters. I, I will say the initial line, because of all the uncertainties, will be set at like two and a half in favor of the Eagles. When it's officially announced that Jalen Hurts is playing, that line will jump up to seven easily. Okay. All right. Seth? I would say that the um, the line before it's announced whether Jalen Hurts is playing, I, I think it's a pick em. I think the Eagles. I think the Eagles have, have looked that bad the last two weeks, especially from a turnover standpoint. So, you know, the thought is until you know – is Gardner Minshew. What has Gardner Minshew done? You know, he's ramped up the amount of turnovers that this team has produced over the last two games, you know, and I just get the sense that, you know, the line is going to come out flat, even though the Eagles are at home. Normally, 
that line is, you know, uh, minus three for the home team, you know, all things being equal. But if Gardner Minshew and the way that he played and the way that Vegas is looking at this line, I say they come out and they say, okay, this is a pick em. Minshew stinks. Okay. <laughs> by the time the line, by the time we find out that Jalen Hurts is playing, then the Eagles will get the obligatory, you know, minus three for being the home team. And I think, you know, it, it will oscillate right around there up until game time. All right. We'll see what happens. It's going to be a, a big week of discussion. The Philadelphia Eagles, if they lose this game today, the Saints 20 to 10 result that we didn't think was going to happen. But it did. And now it comes down to the last game as to whether the number one seed or not. Uh, Happy New Year to everybody. Thanks for uh, hanging with us on New Year's Day. Uh, Happy New Year to you, Seth. Happy New Year to you, Derek. And uh, we'll see you next week, right? Okay. In person. uh, The (laughs) Pine Hockey Eagles postgame show. Have a great rest of the week, everybody. We will see you next week. Monster postgame show next week. We'll talk to you then. Bye-bye. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Weather forecasting is a team game. We rely on each other every day, updating the models and passing along new critical information. We have a team of five experienced meteorologists and a specialized weather producer, Paul. Say hi, Paul. Sometimes what I see in the model, Cecily could see something different. That's when we come together as a team to make our most accurate prediction. And all of this backed by more than 100 AccuWeather scientists. It's a team game. And we have the best team in town. Go passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds.
We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Celebrating the life of your loved one is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givenish. When the matriarch of the Dalloway family died suddenly at 82 years old, Life Celebrations by Givenish stepped in. They will make this the easiest thing that you... It's, it's, I know it's not easy, but it, they will make this as easy as possible. Life Celebrations by Givenish. Customizing services as unique as the individual. I, I just know that my dad who is in charge of everything, was it was not in charge of anything at that point when, when my mom passed. And uh, um, again, just another uh, shout out to this place for, for making it easy. Turning tragedy into a celebration of life, no matter how hard, is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givenish. Life Celebrations by Givenish. Customizing services as unique as the individual. Since 1977 at Rafferty Subaru, we have always been about our customers and the community. Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why. It's all about 